nothing i've got nothing it's it, it, the 20 seconds is up and i n- nothing came to mind i'm so sorry and this isn't even part of a bit no it's just Dude, it, i mean hey you know i think you know the fact of the matter is it's been this is our 75th episode that's right um, mm-hmm. and we have basically had a bit sometimes the bit has been we pretend to have nothing and then we have mm-hmm. it's actually a bit but and there's this something time, there you just got nothing i i figure if like this is really the first episode where we just have like literally no bits not even bits about not having bits mm-hmm. yeah we're doing all right we're doing all right maybe by next time we'll have a shave and haircut in two bits <laughs> oh but maybe not this time or or you know what this is the third episode that we've done on god of war 2018 uh the first one was pretty good the second one was pretty good as well but then this bit it just kind of feels like it's dragging on at this point. So maybe the fourth time we should just reboot the bits and put it in a different setting and make it about family instead of the other three, like the God of War series. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know. I was trying to relate the fact you, you lost that me. there were three God of War games before this one to the three episodes that we, it didn't, it didn't work out. I, 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 I mean, that. now, now that you've explained it, but, uh, yeah. Oh, th- so the- so this is our this is our <laughs> final episode. This is the one where uh we where the characters die, where where all of our conversation about this game dies, like in God of War three. Uh, but mysteriously, Every, everything you know, goes, it might show up again. Goes to know, die later. This is this is the episode where all the God of War <laughs> stuff goes to die. Exactly. Um, exactly. That's that's where we're going with this. I have watched some recaps of the story of the previous games in the previous two weeks and uh there, there was a lot there that i actually didn't know it wasn't uh it, it was it's more detailed than i thought that it oh was. yeah um yeah but i did <laughs> i did find out i guess spoilers but i already said it uh that apparently kratos dies at the end of three like apparently he killed he goes on a rampage kills a bunch of gods like releases a bunch of spirits from hades and like there's flooding on the earth and like destroys the earth because of all the rampage that he's causing and then he kills himself at the end of the game um sorry if sorry patrons my mm. lights are going weird here so it's kind of weird but anyways uh that actually so, kind of makes me want to play god of war 3 now no well there yeah. you go I, I was watching a review where the guy was talking about how like and yeah no that's it's never explained how he's here in this fourth installment uh but hopefully the next game maybe maybe he tried that. to kill himself and he just he was like he didn't do a very good job of it well apparently he's tried to do it in the past too because he's such a tortured soul, uh, but the yeah, the I was Greek, gonna say the Greek gods turned him into a god so that he couldn't; they wouldn't let him. Uh, and, well, and, and he, he was the titular yeah. god of war. Yeah, it's uh, man, Anyways, those Greek gods. There's some there's some stories there. Oh <laughs> yeah, you want to hear some some more messed up gods? Are the Norse gods, and yeah. we're going to be getting to that here in this episode, uh, which is totally spoiler filled. But before we jump into the spoilers of the game and finally give all of the rest of our thoughts on it, uh, you know what, man? It's been a fortnight since we've talked last. How have you been? What you been up to in the past fourteen days? I'm I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna let you <laughs> off the hook this time. I just I, I feel like like I have sort of like I feel like I have sort of mirrored you enough where have, <laughs> I've tangled you up in the roots, and I will not 
do the the thing. You tortured me. You've I will come not... back and tortured me every episode. Yes, I just I won't I do like... the thing this time. I won't. <laughs> I mean, I might, but I'm gonna try really hard not to. Maybe <laughs> I make no guarantees, uh, no promises. Um, dude, uh, it's it's kind of weird. Okay, so like, mm-hmm. I I actually had a conversation with Jared today, mm-hmm. where he he just sent me a text because in to sort of check in on me and uh yeah i have just really been struggling um in the sense that i am sort of experiencing like peak covid fatigue i thought i was at peak covid fatigue and i just think like and and you know by the time this releases i will be on vacation um i this so like you and i are recording monday night um this friday i have off uh it's it's okay. my three-day weekend from work because of the way my schedule works and then i took the mm-hmm. week after off and then i'll i'll have off until um the following monday um so okay. i have like 11 days or like you know, friday saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday monday nice. i have 11 days off and um yeah, and uh, there's some stuff like I'm gonna meet up with my buddies. You know, we've talked about like uh, I'm gonna go out there for like a day and a half or whatever. Sweet. Um, and then I'm gonna go visit Parker in DC uh, for a couple of days, and I'm gonna have oh, nice. my 40th birthday, which just feels weird. Whoa. Yeah, that's I'm dang. I feel old, not as old as Paul. And, uh, <laughs> but or, according to like any final fantasy game oh dude i'm i'm decrepit like i'm yeah. just i'm walking You're... bones like what's, i'm a zo- uh, i'm a zombie what's his name in uh final fantasy 4 i feel like a, a jerk for forgetting tella the, tella there you go mm-hmm. You're tella You're i'm the tella. strago of final fantasy 6 uh yeah i'm, I'm super old um <laughs> i'm like like dude like the bravely default cast would they don't even know they're just like what <laughs> the, the you wait you lived past your 30s well i mean maybe uh at this point maybe um but uh so there, there's just a lot going on but like when it comes down to all of it like i've just sort of hit a point where there's been some stuff i mean it's just like there's there's always just something and it's like Mm-hmm. I, I was actually talk, like, like I said, I was talking to Jared a little bit and it's like, I'm just over all of it. Mm-hmm. Like wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Get vaccinated. Don't get vaccinated. I don't care what you do. I'm sick and tired of seeing it on everybody's Facebook posts. I'm sick and tired. Like there were a bunch of people that I just started unfollowing because I was like, or, or muting or snoozing or whatever. And I was like, no, no, I'm tired of this. Like, mm-hmm. because it's like, you're sheep if you wear a mask. You're, you know, an uneducated. And it's. Neanderthal. I yeah, I, I don't have, like, right. it doesn't matter what side you fall on this. Like, nobody mm-hmm. can be civil to the other side anymore. And I'm not saying that I haven't been, like, guilty of this kind of stuff, this kind of rhetoric before or anything like that. But I'm just like, how are people still going at it like this? And I actually saw a clip with a, a Bill Mayer clip that Mike Rowe. Um, from Dirty Jobs had mm-hmm. posted, um, yeah. which honestly, people I know that's like we don't. But his uh, the way I heard it, his podcast, the way I heard it, is one of my favorite. It's it's actually gotten a bit more long form 
okay. in the last like six months to a year. Like they changed the, sort of the format, but it's like one of my favorite podcasts and I can't recommend it. Oh, anymore. nice. Um, Mike Rose? Mike Rowe is like one of the best storytellers, I think. Okay. Like, okay. It's, nice. He's, he, he's just such a gifted, like just the man. He's one of those dudes that I would love to sit down with across yeah. the table, like yeah. with over, like bring a nice bottle of whiskey and, you know, grab a couple of cigars and just pick his brain and just have a conversation with, because he, yeah. I think like, it's not that he's just personable. Like he's just kind of a decent dude who is like, I mean, his work with the micro foundation is he's really, or the, the, the micro works foundation. Um hmm. He actually seeks to really encourage people to look at trades. Um, yeah, he does. He's very pro trades. Anyways, uh, I just I I have a lot of really cool. Like I think Micro is a really cool dude. Uh, I really mm-hmm. like his podcast, and I think people should check it out. But he posted some this Bill Mayer clip on Facebook, and I watched it. And Bill Mayer is like he's one of those guys where I'm like kind of like I I kind of like him, but I also he's. I don't know. Like he's, he's like one of those guys that like when he's right, I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he basically just sort of, cause, and he, he's pretty honest about his bias and he sort of took the task a lot of like the sort of like, I, I mean, he, he, he's no stranger to sort of taking the right to task either, but he took like uh, on this clip, he's sort of like, he's like, listen, we need to just start being honest. He's like, DeSantis did a better job of taking care of the elderly and the vulnerable in his state than Cuomo did. Um, liberals and leftists have overblown the effects of uh, COVID-19. Like when it comes down to just factual like analysis, like he's like conservatives and Republicans are actually a lot more accurate on like hospitalization numbers and, and stuff like that. He's like, they're a lot more informed. He's like, you know, we need to just start being honest about this stuff and like owning our gas. And he's like, if we're going to hold people, you know, people's feet to the fire over X, Y, and Z, we need to start holding our own people's feet to the fire too. And it was, it was one of those clips that I really appreciated. And I sort of like, I was listening to it, but he, and he basically more or less said like, you know, part of the problem has been that with all of it, it's like, if so-and-so is for it, and I'm against so-and-so, then I like, so if COVID is nothing, then COVID is everything, mm-hmm. you know, or if COVID is everything, then COVID is nothing or, yeah. or just whatever it is, you know, if it's like, you, it doesn't matter. It's just like, and I think just like the, 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 the thing is like, in so many ways, COVID has just sort of like taken up the oxygen in so many conversations. You just can't escape it. You, you just mm-hmm. cannot, it's everywhere. And there was even, um, and I'm not going to name names, but there was a, a guy who, he's a cartoonist. I actually unfollowed him today because mm. he he posted a cartoon where basically he was equating people like, and I don't know if this was his intent or whatever. And I'm not going to mention his name because I, I, I just don't want to like be stirring up drama or anything like that. But um, he had this this cartoon where he was basically sort of equivocating um, masking policy with woke theory, with, with LGBTQIA plus activism, plus mm-hmm. love of money. And he was saying like, but when you look at all this stuff through the, a biblical lens, like you'll see that it's all 
filth and disgusting and blah. And I was like, maybe there's a way that like, if you have, you're having like a nuanced conversation about this stuff where it's like, I can see that, but it's like, there are people who legitimate, like legitimately and conscientiously sort of, they, there's a way to just be a jag off with any position that you're holding. Right. Yeah. And there are a lot of people who it's not out of fear. It's not out of like some sort of zealotry or some sort of like they're clinging to the masking as as masking policy as some sort of salvation. They're literally just trying to love their neighbor. And by him sort of. And they're just, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, but it's like, yeah, we the can't equivocation. Ha- yeah, the equivocation. I was like, dude, this is wildly uncalled for. And I might even send this guy. I, I'm, I don't even know this guy in real life, but I might send mm-hmm. him a message and just be like, dude. You, you crossed the line, like you crossed the line and I'm sick and tired of like, I'm getting a little worked up and I like, (laughs) listen, have the position that you have, but if you cannot be civil to people who hold a position counter to yours, then that tells me that there's something wrong with you. Like not, if you cannot give the other side the benefit of the doubt. Like, and I'm saying that, I'm not saying that every time, like every time we need to just like, you know, if, if somebody's like advocating for, you know, I don't know, something abominable, like we can't sort of mm-hmm. in good conscience just be like, okay, yeah, like let's, you know, like you know, we, we need to call it what it is, but like, there's like, this is not a moral issue. We need to stop making it a moral issue. Like, this is not something where people are being damned over whether or not they're wearing masks. Mm-hmm. like stop it stop it mm-hmm. like it, you know I, I just i look at the and i'm I'm not saying it's like one side or the other because i think it's both i think mm-hmm. it's like you know there are people who are sort of on the extremes of both sides who are basically causing problems and i'm just like just anyways yeah I'm, but anyways peak fragility peak fatigue like i'm <laughs> super brittle and i'm just kind of like I'm looking forward to having some time off, but mm-hmm. I, I'm just exhausted. I'm just like, yeah, like scientific progress goes <laughs> like anyways. Yeah. Um, how about gotcha. you, man? Like, I mean, like I, like I, I know I, I came in like a Debbie Downer and then an angry, <laughs> angry. You came Andy. in like a wrecking ball. I came in like know? a wrecking As a- <laughs> ball. As uh, someone once has said somewhere, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Where. You know what's really sad about her, man? Before. Okay. And, and it, you know what's really sad about her is hmm. she did a cover of Jolene that is phenomenal before she okay. went like completely off the deep end. Like mm-hmm. one, and Dolly Parton is a freaking national treasure. Like, <laughs> like she's a freaking treasure. Like, man, if, working if nine my to wife five. Could hear you right now, she would be cheering. Like, yeah. and I'm not even like, I'm not even like big into like Dolly's stuff, but it's like, man. She's got some like songs that are just re- like they bop like they like nine to five. He's Jolene Dolly Parton is a national treasure. Hey, <laughs> like and 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 she like honestly, I think she might be like the prototypical like American pop star. Like and she hmm. was she was more than country and western. She was way more than country and western. Like mm-hmm. if you listen to her catalog, she's got some like really like well like. Yeah, almost like disco esque sort of stuff, and some very mm-hmm. poppy. Like I, I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I don't. But 
yeah, Miley Cyrus had a a cover of Jolene that was mm-hmm. amazing. Okay, like it was really great, and then she just started smoking meth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or then yeah. Uh, that whole party in the USA took on a very different, uh, very flavor. different meaning, <laughs> wildly different. <laughs> Anyways, why am I quoting Miley Cyrus? I don't know. But here we you are. You brought it up and um, then I sang I... it. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, oh, man. I need to question some life choices here. Uh, let's talk about dads and boys. Um, th- no, that did not sound good. Oh, my goodness. This whole, this whole podcast is just circling the drain. It's, like um, I told you, this is <laughs> what this really is. This is not a podcast about video games and stewardship. It is a podcast <laughs> about two men losing their sanity uh-huh. one episode at a time. It's true. It's true. And at episode <laughs> 75, you know, we're a lot closer to the edge than we were before. That's a good, a good <laughs> like, yes album, by the way. Episode, episode like 200, it's just going to be uh, just like <laughs> spouting. Like, <if laughs> it, it's like... <laughs> Like, doesn't make any sense at all. Just uh, gibberish. <laughs> my my past couple of weeks, uh, it sounds it sounds like the same old song. Um, but I really do think th- part of it has to do with the uh, the class that I'm taking right now in school. Mm-hmm. It's a class on Romans. Um, but the workload in this class is quite a bit more than previous classes, and so I just feel pretty busy like all the time. Um, I did take off a few days from work this past week, uh, Monday through Wednesday I took off. The problem is that uh, for my job, taking off means that basically pushing the work that you would do then to before and after because <laughs> it mm. still needs to get done. And uh, so we were planning on going camping. We had this cabin rented, it, not like not like a huge cabin or whatever, but just, you know, like kind of minimal um the uh, camping in, in the park it's like 45 minutes away it's pretty close um anyways we had it and then the kids got sick the day before mm. uh so we were like we were like debating whether or not we should still go because <laughs> it it you know we had the reservation and whatever and they they were still going to charge us if we canceled it um but then the the whole parenting uh uh I was going to say parenting guilt, but that doesn't make sense. I, I just mean the whole responsibility angle kind of dawned on me that like, yeah, we shouldn't push our kids this much. Like it's not going to help because as soon as we go out into the woods, like they're going to be running around no matter how they feel. And so they're going to tire themselves. Out. Like it's, it's not going to be good. This is, this is not a good idea. So anyways, the, the whole uh, mini vacation just turned into a staycation. And I did a lot of cleaning around the house, which on the one hand was nice. Like, to have some clean areas and it's kind of like based on the buildup of life over the past, mm-hmm. you know, month or so, like things just got really messy. And so like to be able to clean it up was nice. Um, it's, it's funny the way that your uh, living area mirrors kind of the state that your brain is in, you know, like it just got really cluttered because I was really cluttered and like had lots of stuff to do. Um, so there, there was that a little, a little disappointing, but, um, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, we did plan out actually another, uh, vacation that we're going to be taking. I say vacation, just going out to, uh, a Texas beach, which is not the same as a, 
as a beach, you know, like Florida or something like that. It's not great, but it is what it is. But we wanted to take the kids <laughs> out to the beach in uh, Galveston, Texas, a few hours away. So we're going to be doing that next month. That'll so, be fun. I, I, mm. I feel like you're like, you qualify this. You said a Texas mm-hmm. beach, which is yes. not like a real beach like right. in Florida. So is it like, mm-hmm. instead of like sand, it's just like broken glass and like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there might be some of that. I mean, that uh, sounds like the Jersey shore, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's not as clean. It's not as, as nice looking, you know, it's not the, the sparkling blue water kind of a thing. It's more of a grayish water. Uh, it's more rocky than Is it sandy the Gulf? kind of a thing. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, well, I'll have to if if Megan and I next time cuz we've we've been out to like Jersey Shore a couple of times. Okay. She she's a beach bum. I mm-hmm. I'm like yeah. we've talked about this. I don't like not being able to not see my feet. Like yeah. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like and mm-hmm. like the fact that there are things that are actually like living and swimming in that water freaks yep. me out, man. <laughs> um yeah, makes sense. But uh like Jersey Shore is like it's no and that's the ocean. But it's like right. yeah, it's like yeah, it's just like you look down the water's like slate gray. Okay. It's like okay. It's dark green, then, dark blue. It, it may be it may be pretty similar then. Uh the, you know, it's mostly what I've now I've gone to real beaches before, especially you know when we went to Ireland. Oh, that was amazing. Um, but I've been to, to Florida and places like that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the greatest, but it's what we got here in Texas and uh, the kids are going to love it cause they, they just love water in general. Um, and it'll be nice to just kind of get away for a little while. So, yeah. um, anyways, anyways, we, we planned that out <laughs> on our staycation. So, so that was cool. But, um, anyways, all that to say is I, I have been pretty busy with, with things. Um, but like I said, with school, I'm probably not going to get much gaming in until this class is done. Um, so even though I did, uh, there's some stuff to talk about in the backlog report. Um, it is just real slow going there. So, yeah, that's um, okay, dude. but speaking of which, we can just go ahead and roll right into the backlog report. Sure. If you're cool with that. Sure, 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 sure. Report, so. Wow, 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 wow. I like I like the minimalist sort of like approach to your folio. A blank work. piece of paper. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and there's it's one piece of paper, mm-hmm. and Single you just you're doing like the the slow wave. <laughs> it's very very nice, very nice. Oh, I, very I nice. appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I, I guess I'll just I'll just keep this train going because why not? Um, choo choo, man. Choo choo. <laughs> so. Gaming wise, I finished up near Automata. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about this before uh, the episode. There is so much that happened. Well, excuse me. The end of the game recontextualizes a lot of the game. That's all I'm going to say because it's like massive spoilers. Um, in in a way that the game, even at the very end of the game, and after kind of like getting my bearings and looking around online for some explanations to some of the things and finally like having it all click into place. Um, the, the game ends up being something that I, it is not what I thought it was, even though I'd been playing for so long, it's not what it appeared to be on the surface, if it makes Mm -hmm. sense. And I understand why people hold it so highly, even if it is a flawed game, like it's not, 
It's not the best thing I, out there. I would yeah. just sort sort of say like based on where I'm at, I think it's a really cool game and it does some yes. really cool stuff. But after playing it, like I'm not sure that it 100% lives up to the hype. Like Okay. Okay. I I just like I feel like it's very good. Mm-hmm. It's like it is pretty pretty it's very good. But mm-hmm. I like so on like the top 47k games list like from hardcore gaming 101. Yeah. It's like number, it number 4, which I think. Is, like frankly, I like I just I wish I could have been on that episode cuz I would have mm-hmm. like taken the cuz it was three people and two of them loved this game. Okay. And I I would have sat across and been like, "No, you're on drugs. Knock it off." <laughs> it is like, not that. Yeah. It is not that good. It is very good <sighs> and it probably deserves to be in a top 100 list. But yes, it's not top three, ga- like top five games of all time. Like, mm-hmm. get out of my face with that. Like, it is yeah. very good. Like, and I, I would even say like maybe top 50 games of all time. Like, mm-hmm. it, but yeah, yeah, there it's not one of the like, I would even say top 10, top 10, like legitimately, like this is a very good game, but it is not like the third best video game of all time. Mm-hmm. Like it. It is a very interesting game and it's very much like very much like God of War. It is it is greater than the sum of its parts. Like Yes. Yeah. It because it what it does, it does things that I think no other video game not that hasn't attempted to do, but it, it does something very unique mm-hmm. with the game itself. If you're just looking at it from like a gamey perspective, then no, it's not. It certainly is not the best thing ever. The best thing that you'll ever play. I'd say it's it's engaging enough. It'll keep your attention, um, but it does in the gameplay department. It kind of drags on. A little yeah, bit. I mean, like I said, I can see this <laughs> but, maybe making somebody's top ten list. I, I, yeah, and like yeah. I'm not even going to question that. Does it make mine? No, no. Mm-hmm. Maybe my top twenty five. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's very good. But it's like there are some like yeah very glaring weak spots, and frankly, I think narratively it kind of like drags like it it's not it's not as elegant as I think it ought to be. Like it's not as sort of like mm-hmm. well, and w- when we talk about the game, we can talk about. But I feel like the endings yeah. kind of the the endings are kind of messy, in mm-hmm. in the sense that resolu- the the resolution is not as clean. Yeah, I'm not even saying it needs to be like. I don't need I don't need things tied up in a bow and handed to me to be like, oh, like, hey, I get it. But like, there's some stuff where I'm like, I think I see what you're going for here, but, hmm, mm, there's a th- yeah. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Yeah, it, it, yeah. There, like I said, there are things that that kind of recontextualize everything to where I it it. I have a different take on the way that it is conveying its themes. I'll put it that way. Um, it is not like most other video games in the way that it tries to show these different things. Um, it's much more like it, it's trying to it's trying to take a different tack with it. Um, so, anyways, that's all I'll say until we do a full episode on it because I think it definitely deserves a full episode. Um, 
So finished that up, uh, started a little, another little indie game, like I like to say, uh, Yoku's Island Express. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think I talked about that last time, didn't I? Yes. Did I, yes. Did I start it? You yeah. said you it started it, yes. Yes. So I've barely played much of it, maybe maybe a couple hours more of it. I am enjoying it more. Um, the, the, the pinball has, has gotten a little bit more complex, and so I'm, I'm well, digging it. And I did sort of want to ask you, because you said, I remember you said like the pinball felt like there was like, you're like, well, it doesn't feel like there's really any consequences. Right. And I kind of, I was thinking about that a little bit and I'm saying, well, in a way you don't want it to be super consequential. Mm -hmm. Like, because I think the thing that's like hard to sort of communicate, unless somebody's played this game, like the pinball mechanics actually sort of take the place of platforming in mm-hmm. a lot of ways and like you almost need it to not be as like if you screw up a pinball like if you screw up like you put the ball in the wrong place or something like you need that game to be a lot more forgiving than i think like if it was just like a standard pinball game or if it was mm-hmm. just a straight metroidvania platformer kind of thing like it, there i think there needs to be a little loose little more looseness there Mm-hmm. Then and I don't know maybe maybe I'm just sort of yeah you know, I was just it's, like thinking about that a little bit. I think part of it was that I was at the very beginning of the game because since then I have actually gotten like a not a game over but you know like I died once um, mm-hmm. from from losing one of the pinball things and I was like oh okay you actually can and it's tied to your fruit okay I didn't understand that of course you always have a ton of fruit so you know whatever um, it. Yes, it, at this point, it does feel a bit more consequential. But I'm also coming for, I mean, I haven't played a video game, a pinball video game in a long time. The last one that I can remember is something like, you know, Pokemon Pinball or Kirby's Pinball Land on Game Boy. And those had much bigger, like, you could straight up lose um, all the time. This is, this is just kind of how you play those games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it sure is that, would I still, would I agree with that criticism? Yeah still it feels like the stakes aren't very high but i'm doing more traversal now and so like it's just taking on a different uh, you know a, a different kind of perspective on it the hooks are in different places than it was at the very opening of the game mm-hmm. you know and again not that i'm very long into it at all but i am i am enjoying it um it's just yeah i just haven't had much time to play so it's tiny little spurts on the yeah. handheld um and then i did since i finished near i did start up horizon zero dawn mm. i'm like i haven't even gotten out of the main area yet i've just been hunting a bit doing little side quests so you're past like little that. little aloy yes oh my goodness okay yeah that, that part uh, that opening is so weird and i just it, ugh, don't like so the game you know we're talking about god of war god of war is a beautiful game Horizon Zero Dawn is also a beautiful mm. game. Except for some of the facial animations. Uh, I say this game is like peak uncanny valley at times. Where God of War never never really goes there. Um, I took some screenshots of, of, of little baby Aloy. <laughs> and whew, she, uh, she looks like her parents were related. I'll just, I'll just put it that way. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but it's not like it doesn't affect gameplay it's not that big of a deal but i was just like oh man yeah there there are some there's yeah 
but that's it's one of those things that like I mean, I'm I'm glad that you're finally getting around to it because I mean, and I've made no bones about it. I think that in a lot in a if this game had come out at any other time than when it actually did, I think it would have been it would have been a lot more successful. But when it was mm-hmm. pitted up against like Breath of the Wild, it's because they they drop within like like a month of each other. And right. like dude, like I mean <sighs> Yeah. I've, yeah, I've I've said lots about that. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's yeah. Uh, like I said, still early on in the game, I'm I'm enjoying it. Um, the the little sneaky sneaky mechanics are kind of funny because you have so much control over them, and you can literally like tell whenever anything spotted you. Um, I really like the 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 approach to stealth. Like they didn't force okay. you into it, but it kind of mm. does force you into it. At least yeah. <laughs> early on in the game, but like okay. you can sort of like do these other things, but you're just gonna get your teeth kicked in. So right. you you gotta like hide in this grass for a while, mm-hmm. um, and as mm-hmm. you unlock more tools and weapons and stuff, like yeah. there's there yeah. you can change the way that you play. But I feel like the stealth is really good in that is pretty satisfying. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's just that it gives you so much uh, opportunity. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily feel like you're sneaking around when you can tell like exactly if someone spotted you, you know exactly where they're going. And if someone spotted you, it's kind of just like, okay, you've got all the pieces in front of you. There's no element of, you know, them kind of like catching you offhand. Like, no, you, 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 you could pretty much tell all the time. For now. Okay. That's all I'm going to hey, say. There, nice. there have okay. been there, like when when cool. I was later in the game, I would like I would be like I'm going to try and like sneak up, mm-hmm. and there's a few types of critters that were like, "Oh no, you're not." Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Nice. Good luck, pal. <laughs> yeah. So then it's totally it's totally the same as what I was saying about Yoku's because like I'm so early in the game. I mean, I've probably only put like a couple hours into it at this mm-hmm. point. I just got the second weapon thingy from one of the side quests uh, i haven't even you know your dad's like meet me over here and i haven't met him over there yet so in in kind of the first area but yeah. that's all that i've been playing um because i haven't had much time to play in terms of reading um i have read a couple books um a few that i will mention here is one by kevin de young called men and women in the church um which is good it, it's basically his explanation of like complementarianism. In mm-hmm. and it's like a short little primer on it basically it's like four hours long the audiobook is uh, and I usually listen to them at double speed so it's nice um, and then another book that I was listening to is called Algorithms to Live By uh, which was interesting I don't know that I'd recommend it very highly though uh, it was basically just talking about computer science and the and how it affects things in in real life <laughs> and how how it can be useful solving certain real life problems um i had mentioned in the discord that they bring up the prisoner's dilemma at one point in the book and that reminded me of uh, virtue's last reward the zero escape the second zero escape game and i was just like man that was a good game i liked that game <laughs> yeah what i've i've sort of been thinking about what i might tackle next um maybe it's time for me to Take a look at those. 
Yeah, you in maybe. the mood for some reading? Maybe. I I I want something different, like because yeah. I feel like yeah, I've been playing like well when when I, it's my turn, but yeah, I, it I is. feel like I want something different. So that's that's actually a great segue because that's all that I had. Okay, so yeah, um, so more near Tamara, and I've mm-hmm. kind of finished it, but kind of not. We we so talk- you're near the end. I am near you know air quotes <laughs> puns <Hey-o. laughs> uh you know uh, anyways i'm near the end like i have seen all of the endings except for i haven't played out the e ending um mm. i am yeah trying to i really do i think want to platinum this thing um mm. so i i add like it, it. add it but to I, your platinum games yeah, I, platinum the platinum games. <laughs> Sorry, and we're just wow. Huh. Huh. Comedy I didn't have an opening bit. Gold. So it's just like, I have to come up with something. It didn't right? get it out of your system. Uh, you know that's why we have the bit in the beginning so that we just get it out of our system. Um, <laughs> bad but, jokes up front. Yeah, bad jokes up front, uh, and that way they they're not just peppered in throughout the rest of the episode <laughs> or not as heavily. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, I'm like I said, I, I sort of want to platinum that, but I did sort of like step away from that. Uh, I fired up Moonlighter, went after that pretty That's hard right. for a while. I really like that game. I think there's a couple parts that are like pretty clunky. Um, mm-hmm. Like, frankly, this sort of like the material acquisition. And the way mm-hmm. that materials are used for different armor weapons, kind of, but then you have to sell them. I, I just feel like there's something in there where if like that whole process was a little more streamlined or a little more refined, mm-hmm. like if I, I was like, I want to build X, Y, and Z weapon or armor or whatever. It's like, what mm-hmm. materials do I need? Like, I, I wish there was something to sort of help you keep track of all that because it just it's so very easy to. Just sort of, but it, it, the game is very satisfying. Like, did I, you, did you star the weapons and armors that you wanted? Oh man. Okay. Yeah. So when you, when you look at the weapon or the, or the piece of armor, you can star it, you can like select it and star it. So then oh. all of you, the materials that it takes to build that will be starred in your inventory to let you know, like, hold on to this. Like, don't sell it. See? Yeah. I, there's a whole feature set (laughs) helps a lot (laughs) not taking advantage of i mean i've done i mean i'm i've done fine but it's like it's like yeah well now that i know that that's the sort of scenario i'm like oh that's that's way smarter why not do that (laughs) um because i mean like there's a part of me that just like from a very completionist set i just want to sort of make one of everything oh wow (laughs) just like i'm oh man well it's just like i've basically like yeah it's like it's not that Mm -hmm. big a deal like you you come up like you get to a point where like coming up with a pre like the materials is like not a big deal anyways yeah so um, long as you're not greedy yeah i i like there's um there's a lot of but there's a lot of really neat systems like i said it Mm -hmm. does feel like there there are a couple things where it does feel like a little cumbersome and mm-hmm. just uh, but like I'm, I'm enjoying it i think it's like got a pretty solid loop it's been a, a yeah. pretty fun burn i can understand why people i can understand why it was rated 
like in the i think it like got like almost it's like high 80s on metacritic or whatever okay okay and i i can i can definitely see that um that's definitely a game i think that we could probably just take an episode to sort of like do like a one-off kind of talk about because uh yeah i think it's 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 compelling enough that and just maybe even just have a conversation about roguelikes in general um yeah i've played a few of them at this point and they yeah yeah but i think it's Uh, good what Um, are you playing it on uh on my ps4 so okay cool yeah um which makes me wonder how it would run on switch because there have been Mm -hmm. some times where it's like especially when i've just been on like these just massive like where i'm just like i have uh, the one day i i probably played the game for like i was like i didn't have anything to do and i just kind of like it was like six hours seven hours (laughs) just like yeah just kept like just cracking at it Mm -hmm. um anyways but yeah moonlighter is very good uh let me sort of look at my notes here because i can't uh darksiders genesis with parker still um, okay that's that's nice. sort of, I, I, that, that game's cool it's sort of like um it's a very nice like single a tier maybe like b tier sort of like diablo ish clone set and gotcha. like the darksiders universe and i like that i like that art style i like that universe i just i it's it's a it's a cool game and it's kind of diablo ish which sort of we all know that i have feelings about <laughs> diablo diablo stay a while listen um also on my switch there's a game called ape out um okay it i know of it it is very interesting the premise is you are a gorilla escaping from some sort of lab or facility is it top down yes okay yeah Yeah, it's super minimalist kind of and it's Mm -hmm. really funky but then like it does this like sort of like this jazz soundtrack okay and when you reminds me of something i saw sorry yeah but it's like basically when you it has like there are a few different interactions like so you can just like push like so it's all about like these guards are like basically hunting you down and there's different types of guards and you can push them and each one of them has like a different sort of snare or symbol sort of like some sort of percussion thing that it, it it does like this percussive note um and then there's a there's a couple different movements and stuff like it, it's it's a fairly but it's just like super i played it and i i probably played it for i don't know maybe an hour hour and okay. a half the one night and i was just like oh, i really like this because i can't remember there was a podcast i had listened to where like it made these guys list i was like oh huh that sounds really interesting and then mm-hmm. i played it and i was like oh this is very interesting um nice. I, don't, I don't know if it's like a top 100 game or anything but it's it's very cool yeah. um i did play this it's like super dodgeball beat it's a rhythm game set to like it's not very oh yeah mm-hmm. it's like it's like eight bucks normally or something it's like it's fairly cheap on the switch yeah store. i played through like the easy mode and i was just kind of like there's a part of me that kind of likes it. And there's also a part mm-hmm. of me that just like, this game is not very good either though. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, it's like hyper cartoony, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it plays like, a, yeah, I, I saw that. I remember watching a review cause I was looking at other rhythm games 
and uh, that one was brought up, and I think it was on sale. It was like dirt cheap. Yeah, it was on sale. But I watched a, a review of it, and and there was something about it. Like there was like, yeah, it's good, except it has these massive flaws in it. So, eh. And yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. It's it's a very interesting game, and it's like it's one of those games that I enjoyed. Sort of that, like I played through, like I said, the very first like difficulty league, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like I can sort. Of, but then I've been playing on like the the next the intermediate difficulty, and I'm kind of like, oh, yeah, where this stuff was like you could sort of like, and and I'm not. I'm not a big rhythm game kind of guy. Like mm-hmm. there's just like that precision. Like I just, I don't have the time to like, like perfectly whack button presses. I, I just like, that's not, I, I lack anyways. Uh, so I did play that for a little bit and I was like, that's kind of like, like a, it might be something I pick up every once in a while. I'll just like, sort of like take a crack at, but it's nothing that I'm seriously uh gonna play i also mm-hmm. i brought up in the bite-sized sort of segment that i, I recorded with mm-hmm. with micah i have been trying out some of my ps now um that's right yeah and i've been just i i spun up uh fallout new vegas mm-hmm. i streamed that for about 20 minutes 30 maybe 45 minutes you know um some infamous uh, infamous Oh, infamous uh first blood or something like that the the it's a standalone dlc sort of thing mm-hmm. uh and what else was what was this oh <laughs> arno surge which is the artanelico games are sort of these jrpg dating sim weird they're very fan servicey very weeby um <laughs> i played them years ago but i like the combat in them if Sony had not sort of backed off their whole stance with the Vita store and the PS3, mm-hmm. I probably would have like scrounged up a few dollars to to pick up Arno Surge on the Vita before okay. the store shut down. Just because like I the the whole concept of those games, like at some point in time I'll 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 go a little more in depth on them. These are not games I would recommend to anyone. They, this is very much like junk food, and I'm not even sure that I should be playing it because they're not great. <laughs> I but would have bought it, but I'm not sure if I should have. <laughs> if I had guilty pleasures, these would fall squarely into that camp. Gotcha. Um, but I don't feel guilty about the things I like. Uh, I just like the things mm-hmm. I like. Anyways, um, so that's as far, as far as games. It's like I said, near Moonlighter. Darksiders Genesis and Ape Out have been sort of like the the big four those. And like I said, I'm putting near sort of on the back burner for a little bit just because I do want to go back and platinum everything. But mm-hmm. I I went at it so hard for a while that I need like a little bit it needs some time to sort of marinate. Um Yeah. Yeah. So as far as books go, I started rereading or not rereading, but I picked Anna Karenina back up and really mm-hmm. I've been over the last couple of weeks, like two or three times a week, I just sit down and I just read for like an hour or two. And there's been nice. some, some comic book stuff. Um, basically, Neil Gaiman used to write a comic book graphic novel series called Sandman. Mm-hmm. Yoshitaka, um, is it Yoshitaka? Um, Amano. Yeah, Yoshitaka yeah. Amano. Mm-hmm. Um, illustrated one of them. I got that on Kindle mm-hmm. recently, mm-hmm. read through that. Mm-hmm. It's very good. 
Um, it's neat. It's Neil Gaiman is like one of my favorite writers. He's not somebody that I necessarily recommend all of his work. If you are interested, I think Neverwhere is probably like the best piece. Like Neil Gaiman is one of those guys that I'm like, read Neverwhere. If you like Neverwhere, there's some other stuff that I can sort of recommend, but then it comes very heavily caveat. Like there's some big caveats there where I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is material that's going to be covered in the book. Like there's stuff, there's stuff like anyways. Um, yeah, Norse mythology is a great entry from him too. Um, oh yeah. But Amano illustrated this one and it's just very pretty. It's very cool. Uh, Kindle is not the ideal way to mm-hmm. it's, it's fine. It works. It's functional. But it kind of makes me think like I need to hunt down the actual fi- a physical copy of this at some point in time because I it's something that I'd like to own. Uh, so, but Anna Karenina, I've sort of I've I've chewed through a good bit of that in the last couple of weeks. I've read some more of uh, Communion with the Triumph God. I actually I finally got through the introduction, Josh. Um, <laughs> it only took me nice. like two weeks, three weeks, a month. Um, but there was something I wanted to read. This is from the introduction, just talking about like Trinitarian love and how Trinitarian love is sort of expressed and works. Okay. And it is overcoming common, like this is under the heading overcoming common distortions. But it says, uh, you know, it talks about how a lot of times we sort of, but the father is not at odds with the son, but rather God the father is love. And out of his love, he sent the son to die for our sins. For this love is of the Father, is antecedent to the purchase of Christ. In other words, while the work of Christ is all important for redemption, it does not make the Father love us, but is rather the outgrowth of God's love. And then this is the part that really, like, this is a sense that I've sort of been chewing on. Um, But out of the Father's love, the Son is sent as the embodiment of love, and the Spirit pours pours this love into the hearts of his children. Like... So it's sort of showing the triune sort of work in sort of God's people in salvation and just like, and I don't know, there's something that I really did. I'm, I'm and just something that, and, and, and I, this is very easily could get sidetracked, but I'm going to try to sort of rein this in a little bit, but I think it's very easy for me at times to sort of say like, And I think holiness is the paramount sort of, if there's one thing that we need to come to grips with, like there isn't one thing and that's why God is God. But if there's one thing that we need to come to grips with about God, it is his holiness. And Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of ways, God sort of emphasizes that to us. Um, You know, it's like the, uh, I forget what the actual term is, but the holy, 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 the, 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 the thrice repeated, like the emphasis yeah. on that. Um, you know, when God talks about his holiness often throughout scripture. Um, but the the one that a lot of people like and and me just being the grumpy sort of grump that I am, the grumpy mm-hmm. grump that I am. Grumpy grump. Um, I'm a grumpy grump. Uh like the the grumpy guy that I can kind of be is like a lot of times like, yeah, but God is love. And I'm like, yes. But there is so much more, and that love is defined in a, in a lot of ways by just the fact that God is holy, and that love mm-hmm. is is holy, and that is not squishy or warm or weak or sort of just milk toast. It is it is a fierce love, a, a a love that 
frankly, I don't think we can come to grips with, but mm-hmm. I think I need it. Like often I need to be reminded of, you know, the, the father loves us and it, he's not some angry dad who's just waiting to sort of like, you know, beat us up, but that when he disciplines his children, he disciplines us because he loves us and he wants this. Maybe, maybe there is sin that he is, you know, and this is based on some of the conversation that I've had with Jared over the last couple of months. Maybe there is sin that he is sort of disciplining us for and so, sort of trying to sort of like, you know, cleanse us from or help us to, to sort of like, but sometimes it is, he, we are being disciplined. We, we look at discipline in, in very punitive terms. Whereas rather mm-hmm. sort of discipline as being shaped. And sometimes like the, the ultimate goal for the Christian is being shaped to the conform, like to the conformity of, of the likeness. And we are, you know, being made more in the image of the sun every day, hopefully through sanctification. Mm-hmm. And so that, that is the primary goal of, of discipline is really to, to conform us to the image and likeness of Christ. Anyways, I just, but God does this for us and to us because he loves us. Yeah. You know, and he loves us as the father in a way. He loves us as the son in a way. And he loves us as the Holy spirit in a way that each, each person of the Trinity distinctly loves us. Um, anyway, anyways, just yeah. very interesting sort of thought. Um, I'm looking yeah, forward man. to I am also trying to because I've been buying a lot of books lately, and I kind of, <laughs> I I you know where I told you at one point in time like I had read most of the books I owned. I think that that number had started to get away from me, <laughs> and so oh shoot, I'm trying to implement a read two by one um, policy, and that's uh, but uh, and then just as a final note. Uh, a friend of the show, the judge, uh, Eric Bryant, mm-hmm. um, had recommended a book called The Black Company to me. I listened to the first okay. volume on Audible, and I'm hooked. I like it. It, it nice. is gritty. It is okay. kind of dark, and I would not recommend it to people who may have far more sensitive consciences than I do. <laughs> but I like it. I like it a lot. Oh. <laughs> it's and it's not like it's not super perverse but um it okay. is being told like uh it is basically sort of a fictional history of this company and it's like it's it's fantasy it's it's like dark fantasy kind of um but it's this is a mercenary company called the black company and they're soldiers and so they are hard and Anyway, I I just I enjoyed the first book. Uh, I've picked up since picked up the second. I just finished the first book today. So oh, okay, like I mean, and I liked it, and it just is like oh, I'm looking forward to seeing what what happens with this a little further on down the line. So uh, Eric, well done, sir. You have uh, <laughs> you got me. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking. But yeah, uh, as far as everything else, like. You know, there's some shorter stuff that like I'm like I'm gonna pick as soon as I'm done with Anna Karenina, I'm gonna pick through some lighter fiction um mm-hmm. for a little bit and then I'm I've I've got some because I, I wanna I just want to be a much more well rounded reader and there's yeah. also some stuff where like if anybody has any 
techniques on like note taking and sort of mm -hmm. thoughts and thinking. There's there's a book that I'm actually kind of going to look at. I am not. I do not feel the need to be like an academic note taker sort of, but I want to do a better job of synthesizing the things that I read and think through. And yeah. that, I mean, that's part of why I journal. And so I just need to be a little mm -hmm. more intentional there, but I also I'm, I'm thinking it might be helpful to be a little more organized in my journaling and note taking than I actually, <laughs> I am currently, or maybe just anyways, more intentional. But uh, if anybody has any resources there, cool, pass them my way. Um, but dude, that's, I, yeah, that's a long winded way of me saying like, yeah, I, I've done some reading, done some gaming, uh, done some listening to things. So nice. You know what people nice, should listen man. to though, instead of us, they should listen to the sweet commercial that we're going to like, or the sweet ad spot that we're going to drop on their eardrums. I agree. It's pretty awesome. It's rad. <laughs> I most, can't wait for you to check it out. Mostly because our friends did it. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. No, no, that's not true. That, that's impossible. This is such an incredible moment. A memory that will bring joy to the hearts of millions of people for generations. Wait, wait, what? The sort of thing they talk about on the Retro Station podcast. The stories, movies, music, moments that brought us together as a people, that we enjoyed with friends. You, you laugh about this with your friends? My life has been a lie! Exactly. This is wonderful. You're crazy! No, everyone agrees this is a truly classic moment. Wait, wait a minute. Did you kill mom then? I... I'd, I'd rather not talk about that. Oh, I, I bet they talk about that on the retro station, huh? What a classic moment that was when mom died. Actually, most people thought that was a bit of a letdown. They made memes making fun of it. They, they made memes of mom? The Retro Station Podcast. Celebrating all those things that made us nerds. And we're back. I, I did... I did not refrain from doing that, Josh. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's Sorry. okay. That's okay. I like I like that one. I don't know. I get that, that it. one. That thing. one doesn't like mm -hmm. great great on you. Exactly. The other, like the other. It's not like offensive to my soul. Does it in a way? Doesn't doesn't just, just like make you want to like gouge your eyes out? And... Exactly. All right, so uh, it, it's time to sort of pick this this thing back up, uh, mm -hmm. where we basically. Uh, we left off with Kratos had gone back and he had recovered his blades of chaos, his yep. spinny chain dagger murder tools, mm -hmm. um, which, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, they're kind of rad. And uh, he has to go into Helheim and recover the thing. He gets the thing, comes back, heals Atreus, and then... This is the part of the this is a part of the game, and again, uh, you know, when we when we do this in the future, much more synopsis. Like, I really didn't like Atreus for a little while because mm -hmm. he just turns into a total little. No he's just a little knob. 
mm-hmm. is just a little like punk. Um, he's very much like, I'm a god. We're gods. Why do we have to do? do, do, do? And it's yeah. just like, you're like, kid, knock it off. Like, and I think the more I thought about this, I think there, and there are sort of cues, even so, like that little bit of a refresher that I did, right? There's this part like when you fight the first of the the trolls mm-hmm. and like there's this part where Trace goes over and he starts he's stabbing these kids. He's like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not scared of you. And it's like, it's very much like a posturing sort of bravado right. sort of thing. And it's like, no, you are. Um, but now that it's done, you can sort of like swagger and sort of vent your mm-hmm. your rage. Um and uh so i think that a lot of what we're we're seeing in atreus sort of following this stuff is a lot of that mm-hmm. where and now there is a bit of a confidence where he's like oh my god like like i'm maybe not indestructible but he's sort of like the arrogance of like i i'm powerful like i don't have to be afraid i don't have to be scared i don't have to be cautious mm-hmm. i don't have to and it's like, and he, he becomes kind of a turd. And, and I mean, he does there, there, and it, that actually he sort of, that plays out for a good bit of it. And there are actually consequences, mm-hmm. like long ranging consequences. So, well, and, and I think narratively it makes sense. Um, it, it, it's probably a bit heavy handed. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. 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 Because the, they're not trying to so so here's the okay so pacing wise um and we mentioned this a little bit earlier um the first half of the game feels pretty drawn out and so it does feel like oh once atreus knows that he is knows his lineage then he immediately kind of changes and so it is a little jarring to just have him Oh yeah, well, well now you know, like, like he straight up says to the what's the dwarven dude's name? I don't remember. Brock and uh, Sindri. Is it Sindri? Yeah, okay. how he's just like, shut up, quit talking. Like I don't, I'm, I don't care about your whining, like whatever. And of course, Sindri's all like offended and whatever. Um, but, but even there, it's just like, whoa, dude, you just kind of like, like he 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 completely changes for a little while. I think what is going on narratively, though, is that um, Kratos's fears are being realized. So, like, the whole reason that he didn't want to tell Atreus that he was a god, you know, is because he didn't want that. He didn't want what happened to him to happen to his son, right? Mm-hmm. And so now you see, okay, now that he does have that knowledge, like, well, now he's turning into a punk, like sort of what yeah what kratos feared is actually happening and so now he has to grapple with that and and kind of work that out so i think it's effective narratively but i do think yeah it's 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 heavy-handed yeah yeah it's um it's it's interesting and (laughs) yeah it's 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 sort of I would say, like honestly, yeah, heavy-handed. I, I feel like it kind of like the the narrative pacing at that point in time sort of mm-hmm. feels pretty off kilter, and it sort of throws off, you know, some other stuff. But uh, yeah. they Good. basically, 
I was just going to say, because up until that point, Atreus was always very inquisitive about the world mm-hmm. and like, yeah. what's going yeah. on. Whereas now he's super dismissive of everything. He's just like, oh, I don't, like, I don't care about that stuff. I'm a god now. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's, it, I mean, it's kind of, it, it is just such like a sort of a heel turn where it is yeah. just sort of like, it is just such an about face kind of where like, you know, he's kind of he's annoying in the way that little kids are annoying. Right. And then all of a sudden he's annoying in a, <laughs> in the way the teenagers are annoying. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's, it's like, and it's like, wow. Oh, wow. Like we're going there. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it, it definitely felt a little heavy handed. And yeah, I can see sort of like, again, the narrative, like outworkings, but it just, it, it did kind of like, I did not like Atreus at all. Yeah very much and i think you're you're not i I don't think you're supposed to right but it was just like you know where he was just sort of a very sympathetic character um in the sense that you felt for this this little boy Mm -hmm. who lost his mom lost his mom he really just wanted his dad to be there yeah and uh and instead he just sort of turns into i don't know there's something about it that, that is a little jarring. I, again, I can understand like the the broad strokes of, of like sort of the progress and the, but it just I I do wish that they had done something a little more nuanced with yes. him. Like I, I, yeah, like where it's like I feel like you could be a little more subtle with some of that stuff, and mm-hmm. I think it would have played a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. Uh, that's yeah. so. That we got to the, they needed the chisel, and they needed the rune. Uh, they yeah. actually get the rune, so they go back to Tears Vault. All right, and this is mm-hmm. where the the travel rune um, is, and you know, there's the the revelations about like yes, you you know you know obviously Kratos sort of tells Atreus everything, and then Atreus turns into a punk. They have to go back to to Tears Vault, and that's where this travel rune is. And so they 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 go there, and this is like I said, this is where Atreus just starts to turn sort of. He, he becomes very much a turd. Um, but they they get they go through the vault, they get the rune, um, and they're like, okay, like let's go back up to the to the the summit here, and we can open the path of Jotunheim. Um, or Jotunheim, or however you want to say, it, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, I'm not Danish, or I have like, I, I'm, yeah, anyways, anyway, mm-hmm. listen, Svertney Meetenheim. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just American. <laughs> um, so I, but I, I, I try not to sound too much of an uncultured swine at times. Uh, so they, they I'm gonna say Jotunheim. Uh, but they go back up there. And they run back into to to Mahdi. Now they had his brother. I think it was Magni. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the sons of Thor. In their previous sort of encounter, they offed Magni. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Mahdi comes back, and he he wants uh, he wants his pound of flesh for you know what happened to his brother. Um, and and you know, uh, there's a part of me that sort of would understand that, except for. I'm pretty sure that they provoked. Uh, yeah, they Kratos provoked Kratos, Atreus. Atreus mm-hmm. the first time. So it's like, well, your brother died because mm-hmm. you picked a fight and yeah. you lost. 
The, so yeah, they're also like mouthing off about Kratos' dead wife. Like yeah, it, it, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is yeah. Um, Madi in this fight too starts running his mouth about Faye, and uh, apparently, you know, Kratos liked that woman, so <laughs> it makes sense yeah, that he bad. would not appreciate uh like these dudes running their mouths about her um but you know they you go through the fight you 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 beat him and he's beaten he's done Mm -hmm. and uh you know kratos is sort of like you know ready to to walk away and he's telling atreus like listen this guy's not worth our time um and but atreus doesn't listen and he's like uh basically kratos says like you know we we he's he's beaten like we don't need to worry about him. Yeah, uh, don't kill him. Like just kind of move on. And and Atreus is like no. Nah. And so Atreus comes over and kicks Madi off a cliff. Yeah. And um. Yeah. This I th- causes I think that in in particular was where he started like talking about Atreus's mom. And yeah, when when they're and, about to walk off because Kratos. Like, oh, sorry. Well, I was gonna say like, and it's understandable. Like, listen, right. like. It's it, it it kind of like, you know, this is something that I've I've thought about like just villains in general. Mm-hmm. It's like they're kind of stupid. Like <laughs> yeah. villains in movies are usually just so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like because it's like, dude, you're already beaten. Right. Like you, you you've already sort of been like, like you you're done. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what is further provocation going to get you aside from this? Right. Like, well, yeah, he he was goading him on for sure because Kratos, like, Kratos knew that he had been beaten, and like, it would be it, it was already humiliating for him. Like, the he was already completely humiliated. So, like, oh, there was no need to actually kill them. Also, because of Kratos's past, <laughs> killing gods. Oh yeah, like, yeah, no, like, this yeah, is yeah. not a good idea. Let's not we don't do, do this. This, this right. is not the best best choice. Exactly. There are consequences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you see that Kratos has changed. Uh, and again, it didn't necessarily hit me. I mean, I knew I knew the broad strokes of his story from the other games. I didn't know he like basically massacred the entire pantheon. <laughs> oh yeah, he 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 destroyed the Greek pantheon. Yeah. He killed them all. Uh-oh. Um so then you see him like telling Atreus not to do it, and then Atreus goes and does it, and Kratos kind of flips out on him a bit and and in in no uncertain terms lets him know that there are consequences for this um mm-hmm. which i'd say at the very end of this spoiler stuff um you kind of see what the consequences will be based on the information that you receive at the very end of the game if you do something that actually requires you to do a specific thing oh. that is not like, well, well, when we get there, we'll, okay. we'll talk about okay. it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Atreus sort of like blows Kratos off here. They go back up. So they're going back up the hill, the, up to the gate and they run into, Oh, you know, just everybody's favorite techno Viking again, <laughs> uh, Balder himself, mm-hmm. who is just such a delight. He really um, is. Yeah. He's just such a sweetheart. And in in the sort of the exchange there, the the gate to Jotunheim gets destroyed, and um, uh, all three of like Atreus, Kratos, and Balder get sucked into hell, back into Helheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
And this is, you know, this is where Atreus starts to, like, when they're in Helheim, Atreus, you know, he begins the extrication to extract his head from (laughs) his behind. Mm -hmm. Um, He's... He's like, oh, you know, there's there's some conversations that he and and Kratos have, and he he kind of realizes that maybe he's not as smart or capable or as um, potent as he thinks he is, and mm-hmm. he, you know, and but uh, they're 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 trying to get out. You know, obviously, they're trying to get out of Helheim because it's not a great place. It, it's cold and it's kind of yeah. nasty and it's just not fun. Uh, but they they run into Balder again. And here's where some interesting revelations happen. So this is the part where we find out that Freya is Baldur's mother. Yeah. Um, now we've already had like some of the revelations that Freya is of a, a Vanir goddess and, and all this other stuff. So that makes Baldur half Aesir, half Vanir. And here, here's sort of the, and I actually really like this twist. I mm-hmm. thought that this like, and this is sort of in keeping with, Norse mythology that Freya basically gifted Baldur, Baldur with uh, immortality and invulnerability, mm-hmm. um, and that basically nothing can hurt him. Yeah, and uh, but oh, sorry, oh, I was going to say the traditional in the traditional Norse mythology, she made a pact with all living creatures that nothing, not would... all living creatures, like everything, like stones mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, like. Everything in the world mm-hmm. is like there's a con. She has this contract where it's like you won't kill my son. Right. Um, right. There. There are other games that bring this out too. Um, you know, uh, I. It's not a very well known game, but it's one of my favorites in the Shin Megami Tensei series. But the one on uh, DS, the Devil Survivor games. There's a you fight Belder, and uh, it's invulnerable. And uh, th- mm. that's an interesting fight as well. So if you know anything about that, which <laughs> I guess that's even more obscure, so you probably don't. Uh, <laughs> but um, that plays into this as well. So yeah. Yes. She, so anyways, Freya makes Balder invulnerable to everything. And then you are going with that. The way this game does it is... He hates her for it. Yeah. Because in doing that, uh, he doesn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he... No pleasure, no pain, uh, food, like all the joys and sweetness of life has sort of been sucked out. And, and as much as she has sort of saved him from misery and pain and heartache and sorrow, she's actually sort of heaped on, there's, he lives in a vacuum, in mm-hmm. a void. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and and basically we find out in this exchange where he, like Balder um, or Balder whatever, Looked at his mother and said, "If I ever see you again, I'm going to kill you." Mm-hmm. Uh, he hates her, so they they're sort of like on their way back to Megar. Um, Kratos has another vision of Zeus, um, and Atreus sees it as well. Uh, they uh, and and there, I think there's a little bit of a conversation that happens, and I think that's actually it, it, it's and again, it's like I'm just sort of going off my my sort of recap here, mm-hmm. but I think like. Atreus is like, who's that? And uh, Kratos is like, well, that's that's your grandfather. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kratos like, is more, I, I felt like it was more of a very vulnerable moment for Kratos 
um, in that, like, wait, did you see that kind of a thing? Like, because it was something that, that he had been hiding from Atreus, if I remember yeah. correctly. And, and Atreus is just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, who was that? Like, he, he wasn't thinking much of it, but it was a real moment of vulnerability because his entire life, you know, Kratos had, like, distanced himself from Atreus because he didn't want him knowing about the past. And so here, yeah, there's a vision of... Well, and there's an interesting parallel because I think like, you know, we were just talking about Balder and Freya mm-hmm. and then you have Kratos and Atre- Atreus. Yeah. And both of like uh, Freya and Kratos both are trying to protect their children. Yep. You know, um, you know, and, and Kratos, and they're both like doing it in just ways that actually have damaged the And I think like mm-hmm. the, the difference here is like, there is a, Kratos and Atreus's relationship is being salvaged and you're actually like you're experiencing that and you're you're as as the player you're facilitating that mm-hmm. whereas um you know if things had played out differently Atreus might have felt very might and 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 with the conclusion of the series it might feel very differently about his father mm-hmm. but but it, it does seem like you know kratos as you know in this game does is trying he's trying to be there he's trying to be a little more present um yeah but they get back to midgar and they uh they're like okay well we how do we get at jotunheim and they're like well they talked to brock and sindri about making a key to access tears vault Mm -hmm. um because they think well maybe we can there there's something and again i'm just sort of recapped yeah, it's it's real video gamey. Get the thing so that we can go to the other place. It's it's like get the MacGuffin, and yeah. it's like go back to Tears Vault, and there's a Unity Stone there, which will allow you to travel between the the different realms. They find a route that will take them directly to to Jotunheim, but there's another snag because of course there is because it's a video game. Mm-hmm. It's like um, they need a travel crystal. Basically, they need Mimir's other eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, so they go back, they talk to Jormungandr, the world serpent again. And he says, well, you know, and, and he doesn't actually talk. There's no vocalization, but he communicates with Atreus uh, because Atreus can like hear the thoughts of animals and stuff. Um, but he communicates with Atreus and he says, well, I ate a statue. And I think that uh, in this statue, Mimir's missing eye is in this statue It's a statue of Thor um, because Jormungandr hates Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you go inside the snake and I actually really mm-hmm. like this level. I thought this is really cool. It was okay. super creepy, yes. but it was also very cool. Um, I felt like it was underbaked. Um, okay. like I felt like it should, there should have been more in there. I felt yeah. like it was too simple. I agree. I liked the setting a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was so just like, oh, in and out. Nothing really here that I was like, yeah. oh, this should have been. There there was a lot more potential for it than yeah. it was actually executed on. And and again, it, it's been a while since I actually played through that. But yeah, I can definitely sort of see that. And and I think maybe even when I played through that, I kind of sort of felt like, oh, this is kind of short. But it it's such a cool setting. And it was. It is. Yeah. And it, it was like, it's just a neat example of scale, mm-hmm. like where it's like, yo, the world serpent is 
you oh yeah oh yeah like i was like he no real this big. is not no, the, no oh shoot like this is he just like happening. opens his mouth and you just like the boat just goes in mm-hmm. and it's just like just like oh ugh. <laughs> anyways um they uh they go and they get their little julie thing and uh so but on their way out so this is the fun part balder's like i'm gonna you're in the snake i'm gonna attack the serpent mm-hmm. um and then uh you know so he's doing that to draw them out and freya shows up to to stop the fighting and so here's where the, and this is really sort of like where everything just sort of hits the fan yeah and this is like this is high drama here so there is a moment where I think Freya sort of removes like a piece of mistletoe from, or or maybe she gives it to him. I can't remember, but Atreus has some mistletoe on him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if you will have studied Norse mythology at all, mistletoe, a mistletoe dart is what killed Balder. Mm-hmm. Um, Blind Hod, uh, his brother through this, like Loki set him up. And uh, in, in Norse mythology, to throw this mistletoe dart at Balder, and that's what ended up killing him. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so Atreus breaks Baldur's immortality with this uh, by injuring him with a mistletoe, and uh, like and and when this happens, Balder actually goes after his mother, like, and he's killing her. Yeah, um, and Kratos stops him. And Kratos kills him. And at that point in time, Freya vows revenge on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she she takes his body away and she uh, she basically sort of, it's kind of one of those things where she looks at Kratos and Atreus and she's like, no, this isn't over. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so now, now the boys have finally, all the MacGuffins have been, all, all the snags and the dips and all the, all the world building has sort of led to this moment. They can actually go to Jotunheim now. Yep. And they go. And it's, it's a very cool sequence where you're sort of just walking up this mountain and it's, it's kind of interactive and fun. And it's just, um, as you're going up there, um, and when you finally get up there, there's a mural at the top and it sort of describes all things. And it's actually sort of shows their journey. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it it's so it's a prophecy and it shows them and all the different things and uh at, at this point in time we learned that Faye was um a giantess mm-hmm. she was a giant um and 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 so there, there's some interesting connections here um and so i'm just going to read this and it's implied that she and the giants knew that kratos and atreus would embark on this adventure together and eventually come to jotunheim to learn about her true identity so this makes atreus half half god and half mm-hmm. giant yep now and and so they 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 scatter her her uh, ashes to the wind and uh, this is where we find out that uh, Kratos right right before right before you say that um, when they go to scatter the ashes like they're at the top of this the top of the you know highest mountain in Jotunheim and out in front of them and all the nine realms yeah but all you can see as far as the eye can see are dead giants Mm, because uh what is it is it thor or is it odin thor's thor's killed all the well i mean thor and odin in in mythology it's usually thor 
Okay. Um, Thor, like Odin is a bit of a trickster um, mm-hmm. and Thor is just like brute force, but Thor has, yeah. is often like in a lot of the, the stories he's, he's either killing giants or he's like away and mm-hmm. he's killing giants. Mm-hmm. He's like either actively killing them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. That's true. But, so, but yeah. So you see like, you know, it, you get this different perspective because now you know Faye was a giant. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have this tie, like this woman that these two guys have been grieving over the entire game. You find out that she was a giant. And then you see like the genocide. And the, and the, the entire game, Odin and Thor are pictured as like these big fat jerks. They never show up in the actual game itself. But everyone who talks about them are just like, oh, yeah, they're drunken, you know, idiots kind of a thing. Like Tyr is the good god. But Odin and Thor Tyr was a god is was a god of war mm-hmm. um in the game and he was he was almost a, it in 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 god of war he was a sort of god of just war. Yeah. He, yeah. It wasn't just like like butcher your enemies. It was right. like no, we fight for the right reasons. Yeah, he he's like the 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 champion of the people. Mm-hmm. Kind of the god, whereas like it seems as though Odin and Thor don't care a lick about people; they're concerned with their own affairs. Um, so you get this unique perspective of like, because if you know about Norse mythology, you know about frost giants; like they're the bad guys. This game flips out on its head to where like, oh, you sympathize with the giants, and now you see that they're all dead, and you, you know. Kratos and Atreus are talking and it's like, you know, it was Odin and Thor who did this. Well, and it's like, there's these mural things that you can find Mm -hmm. that sort of explain, like tell sort of like give you these glimpses of the different giants that Odin and Thor and well, and that the the Norse pantheon was responsible for destroying. Right. Right. Okay. Anyways, just wanted to kind of explain that because that really plays into what happens next. So, there's a revelation here. So they scatter the ashes of the wind and you sort of, you see all these giant corpses scattered all over the place. And Kratos starts talking to um, Atreus and he's like, well, you know, I named you after a soldier that I, uh, like a, a squad mate. He was like one of the best men I've ever known. Um, mm-hmm. He was a good man. And I wanted you to have, you know, a good, like sort of like, I wanted you to be named after a good man. I mean, it's like, but your mother wanted to name you Loki. And so we find out that Atreus is Loki and Faye is actually Laufey. Mm-hmm. And Loki's name is in, in Norse mythology is Loki Laufey's son. Mm. Um, or Laufey's son. Um, so the, the interesting sort of like, anyways, but sort of like, you know, I, I like the way that they play with the tropes here. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is where the game actually just ends. Like mm-hmm. this is, but there is a a part. And so we'll talk about this too, is that um, you can go back to the cabin. You go home, you go back to the cabin and you're like, you know what? We've sort of had this grand adventure. Uh, let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to sleep. And when you sleep, there's a dream about thunder and lightning and uh, challenge. Very, very frightening. Yes, thunder and lightning and very, very frightening. Sorry. Um, 
and there's a bit of a time jump and there's lightning and thunder and um there's somebody standing outside the house and we we see uh a belt a belt and a hammer uh the the implication is that this is thor mm. and that uh he's uh he's coming to settle the score with our boys here uh for well for all the the sons and the brother um but uh you know uh it, you know credits roll they wake up and that's it and yeah. uh so i did i did want to take a couple minutes here too and talk about so like yeah that that's all the narrative beats and i i think like the the big reveal where uh atreus is loki mm-hmm. is like that's that's fun for everybody i think yes um you know and it it really does sort of uh sony santa this is santa monica right yeah i believe so yeah uh, they really just it, it's sort of a there there are definitely parts of the story where i feel like there's some dragging and whatever but this this like the way that they sort of button this all up is just really good mm-hmm. really really good like just outstanding um just yeah uh i just you know i think like all the little sort of like nods and and it's like even sort of looking at loki right so like at the little boy's model um i don't know if you noticed but there's some scarring on his face mm-hmm. and in norse mythology loki was very handsome but had a scarred face oh no um, i didn't know that no and, and actually in some of the stories it's because he got his mouth sewn shut um <laughs> surprise he, surprise uh actually brock and sidri um oh wow uh like there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that's like ties it all together and um but yeah uh so there's that but uh, there are just like little nods in here that says like you know they did really sort of pay attention to it's not just sort of like it like it would have been very easy i think to and i think that's the thing i guess what i'm saying is i think what i like about god of war um 2018 is that it respects the source material. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just a cursory knowledge. It is sort of like, it does show like some familiarity, some real sort of awareness of, of, of these stories. But uh, there are two realms. Uh, well, there's, there's a few things like you can hunt the, some of the extra stuff. Like you can hunt down all the Ravens. Um, mm-hmm. There are these like spirit Ravens and you can like, they're just sort of if you get them all, I I can't remember what it does, but they're also these Valkyrie fights, and this is the the Valkyrie fights actually have like a little bit of lore tied to them. Okay, um, I think Freya was the queen of the Valkyries, hmm. um, but Odin did something and basically stripped her. <laughs> She's also known of as Frigg. Mm-hmm. Um. Odin called her that, but she's uh, the goddess of love, beauty, fertility, childbirth, magic, war, and death. So, um, and that's why we say friggin'. It's because friggin', you know, basically the um, same. <laughs> yeah. I think that's actually where we get Friday from, is Frey. Well, Frey, most of our days, Friday, like day. Monday, Thursday, Wednesday. Uh, well, Wednesday's Monday's is, moon, isn't it? 
Monday is moon day. Uh, maybe. Anyways. I don't know what Tuesday is. Wednesday was Odin's day. Okay. Um, or, Thursday is uh, Thor's I, day. And Thursday then, is yeah. Thursday. Yeah, Thor's day. Friday might be. I think it's Freya. It's Freya's day or, or Frigg's day. Yeah, maybe. Saturday is Saturn, clearly. Sunday is sun. Yeah, dude, Monday's it's, it's weird how like, yeah, we're weird. Um, <laughs> we... Like we borrowed from like eight different mythologies to name right. our days, <laughs> um, and yeah. Anyways, uh, just something that like a little bit of flavor here. So when she is Freya is looking at Kratos and sort of like swearing revenge, I will rain down every agony, every violation imaginable upon you. I will parade your cold body from every corner of every realm and feed your soul to the vilest filth in hell. That is my promise. I'd say she's a little angry. Um, <laughs> Just a bit. Well, so, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's a that's a whole conversation she, in there. Okay, so yes, she was the former queen of the Valkyries before Sigrun okay. in the game. And so there's some like nine, including Sigrun, and they were either all, they're all basically dead or liberated. Hmm. Um, so, but, so, and the Valkyrie, so the Valkyrie fights are these sort of optional fights that you can like, you find these doors that have these seals on it. And eventually you can break the seal and go in the door. And if you fight the Valkyries, there's like some sweet gear, you know? So, and if you defeat all of the other eight, you can go to, there's this arena and you can unlock the ninth fight with, uh, Sigrun, the Valkyrie queen, which is literally the hardest fight in the game. I played, and I think I, I made mention of this. I played the entire entire game on normal, mm-hmm. and was like mildly challenged a few times. Mm-hmm. I played Sigrun on hard or normal, got my teeth kicked in, and I turned it down to easy just so I could like finish the fight and walk away. Yeah, uh, these fights are brutal. They're very good, but I think in a lot of ways too, they sort of demonstrate. I think some of the weakness. In, in the combat of like how the combat's good, but it's probably not nearly as refined as, as it ought to be. Like these are almost yeah. like, especially with Sigrun, it feels very much like a, almost a Dark Souls-esque level mm-hmm. fight. Where okay. It's very intense. Um, yeah. Yeah, as I've been looking into it and, and just like getting different uh, perspectives and different opinions, um, it, it has been brought up just that the gameplay... That basically once you find a groove of stuff that you've unlocked and like different techniques, you can basically spam them over and over Mm -hmm. again through most of the game in order to get through it. Um, But then it does also bring up that the Valkyries kind of change that a little bit. Um, But anyways, that's kind of like one of the the downsides that I had heard about the game, you know, because I'm looking into it as well as like, you know, from my experience, I, I didn't do any of the side stuff and. So uh, it was it was totally fine for me. But even I mentioned that, like, no, this isn't the hardest game in the world. Like, it, it not that it doesn't present a challenge. You're, you're going to die. I died a number of times. Um, but kind of mainlining the story, you don't have to grind or anything, you know, like. No, it's, no. It's fine. Um, but the, the, the Valkyrie fights are intense. Mm-hmm. So, and there is some, like, lore that sort of reveals it's not it's more of like just like oh like odin is a massive tool um sort of Mm -hmm. kind of stuff uh i think too 
Uh, I would, like I said, there are two realms, uh, Hel- or, uh, Niflheim and Muspelheim. And I mm-hmm. just want to make sure um, that, but they're, they're basically optional dungeons. Um, okay. And one of them is, one of them, I think it's, I want to just make sure it's Niflheim. Okay. Niflheim is the maze. All right. So, and and I just think like this is like if you're you want to spend a little more time in the world and sort of play around with some of the mechanics and stuff, Niflheim is this. It's like basically Niflheim. It's a land of poison and mists or okay. something like that. And they, you go into this this, um, it's a constantly shifting labyrinth, and sort of as you go through, you unlock chests and stuff like that, and basically there's a constant sort of like your health is constantly ticking down and there's equipment that you can find that will actually combat the effects so that you can sort of be in the maze longer. And, but it's, it's just basically sort of almost like a, a, like randomly generated maze to just go and get some loot. And there's some, some gear. It's, it's nothing super important there. I don't think there's any sort of, but it is a very fun little loop. And I, I remember I spent, probably a few hours just sort of like getting becoming proficient at running the mazes in Niflheim. But yep. Like I said, it's, it's a neat little loop. I like that. Um, and then Muspelheim is a fire realm and it's sort of basically this arena and you, the, one of the Valkyrie fights is in there. Um, so if you're fighting all the Valkyries, you have to go there, but like you basically there's different tiers and there's like some fights and then there's like a a little bit of an arena like a boss battle sort of moment and then there's and you just you're basically climbing your way to the top at which point in time and again it's just they're sort of just loop but it's like if you're looking for some extra gameplay these are pretty decent compelling gameplay loop sort of experiences they're Mm -hmm. fun there's some really good equipment that you can get out of it Um, okay i enjoyed them but again, they're not necessary for just this any any story beats. Right. You're not really learning anything absolutely necessary uh, from playing that stuff. It's just more game. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah. I thought it was I I did enjoy. Like I mean, I platinum the game when I played it. And I enjoyed <laughs> my time. Let's do a little bit. Um, I did just want to take like a couple of minutes here and just I don't know talk about. I mean, I'm definitely excited about Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, cause I kind of like when, when I, I remember playing this, I really was kind of hoping that Thor would make an appearance. And then at the end, when you mm-hmm. get like the, the dude with the hammer, like, it's like, oh, okay. Like, cool. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, this is, this is it coming. Is. Um, you know, I, I, but I really appreciated the way that they handled the source material and the sort of like the nuance and the sort of flipping some of the tropes on their, its head, like the way that yeah. they played with some of it. I mean, and so towards the end, when you have that last confrontation with Balder and Kratos ends up killing Balder mm-hmm. and Freya's breathing out threats. I remember, I do remember sort of thinking through some of that and just saying like, man, like, Here's a woman that just even at the very end just doesn't get it. Right. Just, yep. Just doesn't get it. Yeah. Like. Yeah. He was literally trying to kill her. And Kratos yeah. decided like, no, 
you cannot kill your mother. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> like, and I think basically too, like even there is like Balder made it impossible for Kratos not to kill him. Yeah. Like, I don't remember exactly all of it, but it was like, basically he would not stop. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause, cause he had beaten Balder. Kratos had beaten Balder. And so then Balder went after Freya. So, so it was the same deal with, you know, like we talked about earlier, how was it Magni? Modi had already died. I, I can't remember mm-hmm. which of Thor's, Thor's sons it was, but it, they, it was clear that they were beaten. And so Kratos was like, that's enough. Like we're done with this fight. I beat you. And you know, Balder's like, well, then I'll come back and kill you later. And then turns on his mother and like starts mm-hmm. choking her out. And so, uh, so Kratos comes and snaps his neck because he's just like th- that crossed the line. You know, I was going to let you go free, but no, <laughs> yeah. not if you're going to kill your mother. Like, that's not OK. <laughs> well, and, it, and I just think, too. Yeah, it, there's so much there that kind of. I don't know. Uh, the, the, there's just there are some really, you know, I think going back to the parallel where it's just like you see very two sort of very similar tracks of sort of parenting yes and then there's this radical departure where one it's like they're sort of again salvaging some of the shipwreck and they're sort of addressing like the things that need like kratos and atreus like and at the end of the game like when they're on jotunheim and stuff like there's a, a sort of like you know, I think it's funny because we're like talking about like all the different like philosophies that maybe uh, Kratos and is like sort of adheres to. How about mm-hmm. he's very Spartan, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, uh. I just I was like, oh wait, well he is Spartan. Yeah, he's the ghost of Sparta. <laughs> um, yeah. That. Uh, anyways. Um, yeah. You know, they follow very parallel tracks. Yes, and they're different. And I think there there are multiple relationships throughout the game that you see that are strained relationships that... Um, because, Even with Brock and Sindri. Exactly, yes, Brock and yeah. Sindri. Even Thor and his sons, too. Mm-hmm. You see, like, the way that they interact with each other. Because when they talk to you, um, they're basically like, Thor is a very strict father. Like, if you well, lose, like you're disowned yeah it was it was basically like we're coming after you and like we have to sort of like in order to to earn our father's favor and and yeah yeah it's but so so i think the way the reason that they throw these different strained relationships at you as the player but really at kratos is so that he can learn (laughs) kind of the things that how to relate to his son better um yeah because that's really you know dad of boy right that's that's kind of what this story is about I, yes especially freya and balder that that's the one that hit home for me at the end of the game it's like you see those parallel tracks of like just as a parent trying to protect your child because that's freya was trying to protect balder and made him invincible and like took away <laughs> any sense of joy he could and have. And he had. didn't learn. And I think too, like he didn't learn anything. Right. He just, he just hated her. He mm-hmm. just resented her. And it's like. But she that, was so obsessed with like, no, this is what's best for you. Like, it doesn't matter what you say. This is absolutely what's best. 
Um, whereas Kratos could could see that, like he, he, you see that in Helheim, it kind of plays out. Um, Balder kind of talking with the ghost of his mom, sort of, you know, like the, the, just the vision. vision, yeah, it, yeah. And and so you see how their relationship plays out, and I think I don't I don't know to me it seems like Kratos learns from that, like okay, I can't have such a tight hold on my son because the way that kratos has been trying to protect him is by literally you know like lying to him his entire life <laughs> you know like telling or creating distance like you're not going to be anything like me and you know coming on real strong of just like you know you need to be able to protect yourself but uh you know not not talking with him not telling him about his past and, and all these different things and so you see him gradually like loosen up like okay no I need to actually treat him as a son and basically learning from other characters mistakes, if that makes yeah. sense. And so the, that, that sense it's, it is really cool. Cause like you said, the creators really do, you see a love for the source material, you know, it's mm -hmm. not a bastardization of Norse mythology. It's, it's a recontextualization of Norse mythology to use these themes of family relationships, particularly parents and children, but then also with Brock and Sindri, it's brothers. Um, but, but to tell this story about like the strange relationships and to be able to, to see all of them throughout the journey. And because of that, like Kratos starts learning about how to relate to his son, which then I, I don't know about you. The first thing that popped into my mind with the big reveal of, Oh, Atreus is Loki the first thing that popped in my mind was like, oh shoot, like, is he going to like totally go off the rails? You know, <laughs> like, is he going to go and, and, and kill? Well, but, but I think, I think the way that, and, and I can see where you would come from that, but I think like mm -hmm. the way that everything's been subverted. So in Norse mythology, exactly. Loki is a villain. He's a trickster. He's sort of their friend, but he's, he's always making trouble. Mm -hmm. But the way that this, sort of and and i would say this is sort of par for the course for god of war because it's like even the greek gods in the, mm -hmm. the original games were like you know i mean anybody who's spent any time reading greek mythology is like the the greek gods are petty they're mm -hmm. they're just really powerful people who are super petty and kind of yeah. just like they morally they have, bankrupt exactly yeah they have their own issues in addition to using humanity to like play against each other you know to 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 fight their battles it's <laughs> like, like messed up like the, right. the greek pantheon and and the roman pantheon for you know because they, they're right. pretty much mirrors of each other yeah like are really just um it, it's almost it's funny because i don't know if it was but it was just like it was almost a commentary on like how absolute power would corrupt absolutely mm -hmm. yeah because it's like the greek pantheon are no morally better than humanity yeah they're, right yeah they're just glorified humans and they just with, have more power yeah and so it's like because they have more power their potential for wickedness is that much greater yeah right yeah like the king of the gods zeus himself is known for like sleeping around like turning into other beings to seduce women you know like well the bull a, of minus um mm -hmm. he uh he is the father of the minotaur um yeah 
I'm trying to think. He fathered Heracles is one of, or Hercules, I guess, mm-hmm. is one of his. Uh, he fathered a bunch of kids. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of demigods and heroes. And like, yeah, he's just like, he's constantly sort of just like, uh, you know, hopping in and out of bed with w- women's. Right. And get and making his wife mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not not to mention like the whole like Pantheon started out with, uh, uh, what's it called? Patricide. You know, he killed oh, his dad in order to. <laughs> yeah, but but that's because his dad was basically was killing all his children. Yeah, like was mm-hmm. eating his children. Yeah, like yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the whole some, thing's like super messed up. Yes, super weird commentary on mm-hmm. Greek mythology. Like yeah. it's it's yeah. real crazy. Like it's like it's just yeah. They yeah. got issues. And, and and okay, so back to this game. Um, as I've been, you know, looking more into just getting other takes and other opinions of it, um, I've seen a lot more th- uh the recontextualization of Norse mythology that this game does. Um, it's actually pretty amazing. I, I don't know about you, okay? I've I've read Norse mythology um by uh Neil Gaiman, like you said. Fantastic book. Highly mm-hmm. recommend it. Lots of fun. Um, but even playing through this game, okay, you don't ever see Odin or Thor until the very end, uh, and so oh, and even there, you all all you see of Thor a is like a silhouette and the hammer. Yeah, um, the, right, right. So the absence of some of the gods is not necessarily. I, I didn't. I didn't notice it as much. I didn't notice that Loki hadn't shown up or wasn't ever talked about until the end of the game when they mentioned oh yeah atreus is is loki well and i think that that's sort of the the beauty of that right is that because it's like you're just dealing with balder yeah and like you hear references to odin you hear references to thor and you mm-hmm. deal with magni and Madi, and you deal with yeah. freya but you're like yeah okay like yeah tear is all over the place with his pictures and stuff like that so mm-hmm. so yes you get the sense of these other gods but it's like but like <laughs> when you think of Norse mythology, like Loki is one of the key figures. But the way that this game tells its story, like I didn't maybe I'm just maybe I'm just super slow. I just didn't even realize, oh yeah, Loki hasn't really you know, I w- there was a sense in which I was like, Where when does he show up? You know, what what but it was never like a I never like expected to see him. I was just like, Oh, that you know, that'll be cool when he does show up. And then that reveal that Atreus is Loki then it recontextualizes i keep using that word sorry um a lot of the interactions that happen so we mentioned how in the traditional stories um balder dies because loki tricks his brother the blind uh hod 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 um into throwing the uh, mistletoe at him and killing him uh so in the traditional story, Loki tricks another god into killing Balder. In this story, you see it kind of turned around from a different perspective. Yes, Loki kills Balder with mistletoe, but he does it in such a way that he's defending himself. You know, it's, it's done like you get a, a reason for what Loki's doing. He's not just, just like this this uh, scheming trickster character. Well, it's like, no, actually 
it might kind of be Kratos. So like I said, initially I was like, oh shoot, is, is, you know, Loki gonna, is Atreus gonna like flip out and turn evil? And it's like, well, no, this story is from the other perspective. Like you actually see how messed up the, the Norse pantheon is. And because of that, like you actually get, you're sympathetic towards Loki. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I guess I would just go on to say, sort of say, like, I think, like, the, the truth is, like, N- Neil Gaiman's collection of Norse, like, that Norse mythology collection, mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of right text. Like, yeah. we have tons of copies, you know, historically. Like, and when I say tons, like, but we have tons of Greek myths available, mm-hmm. like, uh, in comparison to, like, but for and I, I just don't I I don't know all the ins and outs. But we just don't have a ton of Norse mythology, yeah, like available. My like, understanding is that it's two texts primarily. I don't know how many yeah. copies of that, but there are only two surviving. And uh, there there might be twenty stories, right? Yeah, in those and, two and texts. they're um what you call they're contradictory like they have contradictory events and there's and and there's stuff that like there's entire like pieces of context that we're just missing mm-hmm. um like that there for all we know that they're, they're I, I'm gonna assume there was a much more complete sort of like mythos mm-hmm. um and, and which would just it's one of those things like. In glory, and I know in a lot of ways it won't matter, but it, it would kind of be like interesting, like to be like, so what were those stories? <laughs> you know, like what were all the lost? And I mean, maybe we won't care about that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. but um, y- you know, it's it's just sort of like knowledge that or stories that have been lost to time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I I did want to sort of double back to like I think the use of tear is sort of. Okay interesting in this game and you know mm-hmm. they portray him as a god of war and in a lot of ways like i actually really liked the neil gaiman portrayal okay. of mm-hmm. tears story uh tears the one-handed god um yes but he's not in this game not he's yet not, he's not in this game and so yeah but he is the one-handed god and he actually loses his hand to fenrir mm-hmm. um and so, like here, here's like this game plays it fast and loose with sort of some of the details, because Hell, um, mm-hmm. the goddess Hell, who is half normal looking and half corpse, mm-hmm. she's she's. If you look at her from one side, she's a very pretty lady. If you look at her from the other side, she's a walking corpse. Yeah, um, she's kind of gross. Um, she's the ruler of Hell, uh, the ruler of the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in Norse mythology, she is one of Loki. She's one of Loki's children, right? Um. So is Fenrir. So is Jormungandr, the World Serpent, mm-hmm. and um, Sleipnir too, right? No, or, Sleipnir or is that Loki Sle- in a different? No, Sleipnir. Oh no, Sleipnir is the eight legged horse. Is yes, is one of Loki's children. Yeah, but that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that's a story of uh strange strange goings yeah, on <laughs> that's that's a weird story too um because loki in that story is actually Sleipnir's mother um okay yeah that's right that's right. uh which is 
just weird. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah the, the, some of these stories are real weird. Um, but so, but Tyr is sort of a bit of a tragic character in Norse mm-hmm. mythology. Um, because I think even in some of the, cause I've read multiple Norse mythological texts, like or interpretations. Nice. Yeah. And it, I think even in the other translations, it's like Fenrir and Tyr were friendly. Yeah. Like they, yep. in Neil Gaiman's version, they're friendly. Um, they, like they actually have sort of affection for each other. Mm-hmm. And that, that story is actually probably one of my favorite uh, stories in that particular book, just because, y- you know, basically the Norse gods in their, their pettiness and fear and jealousy and I think it's really interesting too, like because in Gaiman's translation, basically Fenrir says, like, I would have been your ally. Yeah. And you would have had an incredibly powerful ally. But now I'm when I finally do break free, I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of time, and I and like no one will save, you know, you from me. Mm-hmm. And but uh, you know, and it, the sort of like the in the I have like the the collection of the 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 comic book stuff and mm-hmm. but it's like where tear you know tear voluntarily puts his hand to secure basically to secure like as as an act of trust you know to to show the trust and he sacrifices his hands and it shows i think even in this it shows the pettiness of the gods yeah and yeah. that they they just like they're willing to for him to lose his hand yeah you so know, so for Odin anyone wasn't, Anyone who, who hasn't heard this this story, the the gist of it is that Fenrir um, was he gifted to the gods? I think as like a baby so, wolf cub. No, um, what happens is uh, Loki would just disappear. Loki had a wife, and yeah. He had two. He had two sons to this wife, and but then, a frost giant, right? No, this is a normal wife. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, but he would disappear, mm-hmm. and for and then he would. And it turns out like they found out that he had three children to, mm-hmm. to a giant, a okay. giantess. Okay, there you go. Um, and that's Jormungandr, Fenrir, and Hel. Uh, okay. So the gods, you know, retrieve these children. They bring them back and sort of they're talking about what to do with them. And then they take uh, Jormungandr and they throw him into the ocean because mm-hmm. he just kept like – he grew, he he just was growing and he just like, by the time they got, he had grown so much by the time they got back, they were like, we're like, we, we don't, we can't do anything with you. So they just threw him into the ocean because mm-hmm. it's like, we can't contain him or whatever. Um, hell, they, they gave her the rule of Helheim. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with Fenrir, they didn't really know what to do with Fenrir because they couldn't control him. Yeah. Um, and he kept, he kept growing as well. He, he kept yeah. getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Right, so um, they were fine with him for a while, along with the gods, but he continued to grow, and then they were like, "Oh, this is like a ferocious wolf. Like he can, de- he's going to end up destroying all of us." So they basically had to bind him with magical chain. I, you know, I won't go into all of it, but they they found something that could bind him and told him, you know, after trying to bind him with other things, um, they were they were like, "Let's play this trick and and try and tie you up with this stuff." Um, and see if but you we'll can let you get go. out. If, right. Can you bust this? If you, yeah. if you can't, we'll let you go. And he's yeah. like, okay. And he's like, well, well. at first he's like, yeah, I, I don't buy it. And he's like, well, what are you going to sort of like, uh, to, to sort of like 
as a promise. They're like, mm-hmm. here's like, I'll put my hand in, like, basically, I'll put my hand in your mouth. Yeah. Like, and if they don't let you go, you can bite off my hand. Yeah. And because they were magical chain. And I think they were made by the dwarves. If it I was, remember correctly. It's, it's a ribbon. Um, oh, okay. Okay. It's made from like, it's, but, but yeah, it's, it's a ribbon that just cannot be broken. And the more he go. struggled, the tighter it got sort of thing. It's made gotcha. like from like spider silk and yeah. moonlight and just like, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. all that, all that fun stuff. So yeah, Fenrir was bound and right and uh, and bit off Tyr's hand and and like we said, you know, there was this exchange of just like even though excuse me, even though they were friendly, uh, Fenrir's like, well, now you you helped them out, like you helped out the gods over me, so well, I'm, I'm going to be coming for you. And and in, basically, the the myth is that like whenever Fenrir does get out, is going to be the start of Ragnarok. Like it's the beginning of the beginning of the end. Well, Jormungandr will seek to to start. Um, Jormungandr's poisoning the wells of Yggdrasil, the World Tree. Okay, I think I. I so it's dude. It. Yeah. He's he, he's basically because he's that was part of his like his he was super poisonous. Um, and anyways, but okay. so there's that he'll. Like he'll do it, and like when yeah, Fenrir comes back, there'll be the helming. Uh, but Tyr is destined to be eaten by the dog Garmer, the giant dog Garmer. Okay. Um, I was just sort of looking, doing some googling, wiki yeah. diving. Um, anyways, but yeah, yeah and it, it, but I I do appreciate Gaiman's treatment because like he sort of looks at Fenrir, and he's like, do it, like he mm-hmm. he almost like it's it's very tragic mm-hmm. um yeah in the sense that like i you can tell that tear mourns the betrayal of the gods mm-hmm. like he 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 and he, like this is not the decision that he would have made but he was sort of out outvoted and i think like too yeah. it is just like you know even there like as as like to his friend, like his his consolation is like, no, like I'll be the one, mm-hmm. like, like y- you know, and um, so yeah, yeah, I, I, but I, I'm interested to sort of see how some of this stuff with Tear plays out, if, yeah, because I think at this point, like, I, I, and I could be wrong about this, but I think he's dead. In the yeah, they, they yeah they make him sound like, like he's, he's gone, dead, or he's gone, or something. Like he's not mm-hmm. around, right anymore. Right. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't recall if they ever actually tell you why, but yeah, the the stories that you're reading about him make him sound like it was all way in the past. Um, yeah, but yeah, he does also have anymore. both hands <laughs> in in the game, so that's an interesting take. Um, yeah, you know whether or not. Well, I'm I'm sure they have sketched out some ideas for the next game. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm stoked to see what happens as well. At this point, I don't think, you know, my initial reaction is going to play out that way. I don't think, you know, Atreus is going to flip out and start killing people. I think it's just the fact that like now Atreus and Kratos have made such a uh they've made the gods, the Norse gods well, mad. And I think so 
what we do know about is basically they have triggered Fimblewinter, um, which is the the final winter before Ragnarok. Oh, but from what I understand, and I I can't remember where I read this, but it's like your like Jormungandr is like no, it's it's too early. Like it's mm-hmm. not supposed to happen yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so interesting. Interesting. So I wonder, uh, do you think that Faye, her whole play with, so the thing is you never meet her, <laughs> but I'm curious if like her whole play, even being with Kratos was just kind of a setup to get back at the Norse pantheon. Uh, well, she doesn't sound as, I mean, she, I don't, uh, I, don't think that she was that petty i think i i I would hope not (laughs) i think that that would make kratos even more tragic (laughs) i think she knew sort of what the outcome would be but she doesn't she doesn't i mean even in the like you know the tenderness in the the opening scenes with atreus sort of putting Mm -hmm. his mother's body to rest yeah um yeah i was pretty sure that basically ragnarok's been been triggered um and i don't think it i like don't think it was like anyways yeah 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 i mean the next game is literally called it's called god of war ragnarok so yeah yeah Yeah. um so we shall see what that brings so where this what last time we we talked about this already but it's like Mm -hmm. it's slot number 18 on our list okay yeah right does that sound right that sounds right i mean Uh, a quick check could actually just verify that for me <laughs> after having played this mm-hmm. what do you think i mean uh if i were to just take a look at what's above it um <laughs> i mean yeah taking it from the standpoint you know when we tried to make the list it's like would you recommend it to to people nowadays um I I could see arguments for it being a bit higher, but only by a little bit. I mean, I haven't played Bioshock Infinite, so I don't know, you know, how to compare that one. Um, But something like, you know, uh, I see Resident Evil 4 and Metal Gear Solid at 13 and 14. I I could see it going higher than those. Um you know i think resident evil 4 is more influential than well of course this just came out so you know who knows what kind of yeah yeah we don't know where what this is going to look like in 10 years 20 years right so but the thing about this game is that it combines both um gameplay and story like someone that i was i was watching one of the reviews that i was watching made an interesting point that i didn't uh, i hadn't taken into account is that you have to because the cutscenes and this might not be the case anymore but because the cutscenes are unskippable because there's a lot of things that you do or there's a smattering of things that you do and maybe this has this goes with the whole pacing thing we've talked about too of where you're kind of just playing out a cutscene uncertain parts of the game mm-hmm. if you are only about gameplay and you don't care for story this game will seem slow 
Um, it, I like story in my games, so <laughs> that's not a problem for me. Like I thought it would, it, yeah. like, you know, I, well, and I guess I would just say, I think it does a fairly good job of balancing gameplay and story. And it weaves the two if, together really well. Yes, if you enjoy having a good dose of story in your game. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for, you know, just arcadey action, if you're looking for kind of the original God of War games. Oh, you're going to walk away very disappointed with this one. Yes, exactly. So uh, all that to say is like it's not necessarily the absolute best on all fronts. Um, but it combines them very, very well. Uh, and it does tell a really good story. And I think a lot of the, the themes, I, I say that, okay, again, we've talked about how it's video gamey. There are so, there are tons of MacGuffins throughout this game just to get, to get to the next place, but because they pepper that with story or at least just bringing up the different themes that are present, you know, the different strained relationships, the different characters, um, I really like Norse mythology. So like even the even those um, things that you'd unlock that just tell the different stories, yeah. you know, the, where they open up the the whole picture thing on the wall. Like the I enjoy stuff like that. Panorama yeah. Things, yeah. Yeah. So like in in certain ways, this game was made for a gamer like me. Um, it's not necessarily going to be universal. Uh, but man i'm just looking around like where it is right below it is symphony of the night and then final fantasy tactics and those are fantastic games too so (laughs) what i I think i don't know i think just sort of like my thoughts are like and Mm -hmm. what this does with the pre like there are so many things that sort of come into where i i I think 18 is a good spot for it could i see it maybe going a little higher maybe but and I think it's it's it is truly one of the most remarkable games of of the last generation. Like legitimately, mm-hmm. when you look at like the last console cycle, I don't think there's really anything that sort of compares on the PS4 or Xbox One as far as just heft, with the exception of maybe like The Last of Us Part Two. Um as far as in terms of like a narrative experience well, or and again, this is an issue where it's the sum of its parts are so much greater than uh-huh. the equal because right. you have to take in the fact that this is a redemption story for a character, like just not even just the redemption story of Kratos, but like the fact that like the God of War franchise, like the, the basically the, the soft reboot that this sort of, and basically it turns Kratos, who is a car, who's basically sort of like almost like incredible Hulk ish. Mm-hmm. Like, which yeah. is like Kratos yeah. smash, like, and you know, swingy yeah. death thing, where it takes, like, sort of just almost like a cartoon um, and actually develops a legitimate character. So, there's that part of it, right? Mm-hmm. It is a very compelling story about sons and fathers and family dynamics and parenting. And, like, th- I think, like, the there are some, like, weird spots narratively where I'm, like, kind of like, yeah, okay, like, would, like i mean we talked about like the whole like a kratos or a kratos atreus goes <laughs> from like he's like neat kind of kid where i'm like oh yeah he's kind of and just a total mm-hmm. d-bag and then mm-hmm. it like he sort of like snap pulls his head out of his rear end um and um, where i feel like you know maybe if we had been a little more subtle with that mm-hmm. would have been the better play um but again i didn't write it 
Yeah. So, but there's that. And I just think like the emotional heft with the fact that the gameplay is very good. Like this is Mm -hmm. mechanically a a very sound game. It's not Mm -hmm. as technical as like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or, but it is very good. So yes, so Bloodborne is honestly what I was thinking of when you said like this is like the standout title of the last generation. The, to me, Bloodborne is. Mm, I I just love Bloodborne. Well, no, I mean because <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of standouts from that generation. But can you first imagine pop- Bloodborne with a sort of a narrative experience like this? Mm-hmm. Like at that point mm-hmm. in time, like that that'd be a shoe in. Like I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like. It, but like yeah. i think part of what holds like bloodborne technically from just a like a mechanical perspective is just a significantly better game mm-hmm. but the fact that like and i know it's part of the like the dark souls the souls born genre stuff where it's like but mm-hmm. the lore is just buried yes yeah oh it's so obtuse and it's, it's yeah it's, it's ridiculous and it's just like and it's not even like you can't uh, I think what frustrates me about just sort of the, the souls born stuff is like, these are very Mm -hmm. interesting worlds, but unless you, Mm -hmm. you're willing to spend hours reading through like just item descriptions or whatever, I'm like, no, like that, that is a, like, frankly, that's, it's pathetic. And it's like low level. It's like, (laughs) it's low effort. It's like, well, if you want to know about the world and I'm like, or you could, you know not be a bunch of talentless hacks and you could find a way to like weave that narrative into the game like into like because mm. there's cutscenes, mm-hmm. and they they have characters talk like so what's what's keeping you from sort of like fleshing that out a little bit more but it's like no if you want to know the mystery you've got to like you know read through this one weird item you've got to read you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. and i'm just like mm, no that's that's i that's i get lazy. what you're saying that's lazy but to call them talentless hacks no not, i'm that's, that's, that's a, too far that is a hyperbolic statement but it's like <laughs> but i yes i get what you're saying i my only counter argument and even this is half-hearted because i by and large i agree with you i wish that i i could have some definitive answers on some of these things my only counter argument is that it does add to the oppressive nature of the game yeah. when nothing is handed to you. Dude, that's like, <laughs> nothing. As, as someone who used to defend, like, you know, the Resident Evil games, that's like saying, but tank controls help with it. Like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. no, bad feature is bad. Like, let's let's just like, yes, it had its place and I get it. Mm-hmm. And it but it's like, no, that's just, it's a bad it was a bad decision. And to be fair, yeah, Bloodborne fair is ranked number eight on the list and God of War it is, oh, is yes, 20 yes, is. is is number mm-hmm. 18. Um yes. I but I I just like I said, I think just as far as like even just emotional resonance, like yeah. this game has way more like heft mm-hmm. than I would say like God of War made me cry a little bit at, at different okay. points. And like granted, yes, there was some context where it's like, yeah, I was missing like we've talked mm-hmm. about with the boys and everything but like yeah at the same time i don't know bloodborne bloodborne's rad like mm-hmm. and it, but it, i feel like what what god of war did was it took sort of a, a a property that i didn't care about and it sort of made it this thing where i think technically it's a little bit better like so 
Last of Us Two Part Two wasn't out yet, so we we were still mm-hmm, right. We have Last of Us Part One, which is narratively, I think, far more impressive than God of War. Okay, but as far as gameplay goes, I don't think it's as good. I think it doesn't play okay. as well as God of War does, and I think too, like it's not something that like, but I do think the the single shot sort of like that 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 camera basically trick that they pulled through like that that actually really helped with like immersion and the fact that like hmm. cutscenes never there's not this hard cut it's just it just sort of like the camera sort of pans out and maybe but it's it's all that one shot sort of presentation hmm. and so um there were just some things there where I like I do just come back to like I do not think that this is like the best game I ever played, but I definitely think it was at least the best game of that year, and it's like top three for best games of that generation. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you know, and and it, and so like I'm I'm very like I think there's an argument like you said to for maybe it to be a little higher on the list, but I think at the same time. You know now now that we're especially like here's here's the thing it's always hard to judge a game right after you play it yeah yeah because definitely you're super super high on it and it's like right like the thing is like <sighs> yeah so I was looking at this and it's you know I was looking at number eleven is Hades mm-hmm. and I'm kind of like. Do I really think that Hades belongs there? And th- now, <laughs> now the thing is, I do, I do think, yeah, it does. Um, okay, because I still okay. think, like you know, sort of like I, I come back to it, but it, like there's, there's always stuff like where, yeah, yes, oh, oh, totally, yeah. I, I was, I was even wondering for a while, like if Octopath, you know, you know, it cracked my top ten. Um, is it is that just because I spent a ton of time with it and I still I don't know I still love that game I still think uh, but I totally see what you're saying I think yeah Octopath is still a fantastic game um mm-hmm. I'm just oh man as as I'm looking at it um I I by and large like I agree with what you're saying um you know there's we have god of war and then also spider-man which is another 2018 game you know what actually looking at that i think god of war is better than spider-man i would i yeah okay so from my perspective i had more fun with spider-man than i did god of war it's more fun yeah i think just like fun factor and just exploration like yes god of war is open world but it wasn't i don't know maybe it's just me I I never really had much fun exploring because it doesn't feel as open. Does that make any sense? The no. traversal in in Spider Man is is much more open than the traversal. Spider Man is War. more fun to play. Mm-hmm. Period. But I think that, like you said, God of War is more resonant. You know, like God- I think it'll stick with me more. The the story in Spider Man, I hardly. No, I, I actually, I take that back. I could go over kind of the main. I I beats. think they're probably, like, it's like one of those things. Like on any given day, they're probably yeah. like you could just 
it's kind of like a Final Fantasy Six Chrono Trigger thing, where it's just yeah. like it's like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like yeah, if we if we bumped Spider Man to to eighteen and pushed Bioshock and God of War up one, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, but if like Spider Man and God of War were like right next to each other and whichever, I'm fine. I'm fine with even putting God of War above it just because I do. I I agree. I think. I think it's it's very well made. I think the story is told pretty well. Um, it, oh, sure, it has production value on that about, game but, is yeah, redonkulous. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, so good. yeah. I mean, so, it's not that, like, dude, like Spider Man. It's pretty stinking fantastic too. So yes, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's it's a very fun game, and I just like Spider Man too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah a, dude. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love Spider Man. Like, it's probably like one of those things, like. If I had to like, because there's so many ways like, like you could qualify and say, well, this is what, why it should be. But it's like, mm-hmm. out of the two, I will probably like, I'll, like when I do get a, a PS5 eventually, like I plan on going back and sort of doing like the super, like let's, you know, and of course I have to get a TV that can do all the super ultra 4K nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I'm gonna turn on all the bells and whistles and probably play around with some older titles and be like, oh, that's that's shiny, that's pretty. <laughs> this is I, slick. I, I like yeah. that. Um, <laughs> but out of the two, like, I I would be way more tempted to like just replay, um, Spider Man, because okay. I, I think in some ways Spider Man is less of a of, of an investment too. Yes. Like, yeah, God of War sort of demands like with all the upgrades and the the combat is a lot more intentional. Like Spider Man's very spammy. Mm-hmm. Like Sp- Spider Man's combat is trash. It's not very good. Like it's <laughs> it, it's not it's fun, but it's not great. <clears throat> it doesn't have mm-hmm. the heft or the you, you know what I'm saying. Whereas God of War actually like yes, it can be very spammy, but it also especially early on is way more demanding mm-hmm. required anyways. But yeah, I'm just kind yeah. of like, yeah. 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 I, I see why they're talked about so often in the same breath. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, yeah. It makes, makes a lot of sense. Makes, makes a ton of sense to me. Um, yeah. I'm just sort of, yeah. 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 Wow. 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 <laughs> I, I, I've done that several times, but yeah, well, I think, you know, this has been a bit of a learning experience. Uh, it's mm-hmm. been good. Uh, now we have to figure out what we're going to talk about next. Um, so, I, yeah. What's our next three-part episode going to be? <laughs> uh, well, I, I would like to space these out from time to time. You're right, you right, know. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe throw in some shorter burns. I, I, I think I would like to maybe pull up uh, Moonlighter at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. yeah, we've got some stuff here that uh, we've also got some topics um, that we need mm-hmm. to figure out. Um, uh, Josh, we've 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 kind of done our thing. So we've done our thing three times now. So many times it's been done. Two yeah, times too many, maybe. That said, if there were things that we didn't touch on that you particularly enjoyed about God of War, maybe I, I just you know am not interpreting any of this the right way. 
Um, there are tons of ways that you can let us know how wrong we are. Uh, on Twitter, our handle is at bbdowncast. You can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. Uh, join our Facebook group, the hashtag Backlog Book Club on Facebook, where we can discuss some stuff. Or just jump on our Discord server. Uh, let us know, and we'll mm-hmm. send you a link to that. Because yes. we're always chatting it up in there. It's a lot of fun. Or if you want to get personal, uh, Nate, uh, um, well, both Nate and I, you know, on PSN, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, GG, all that. Fun stuff. So many things. Um, I gen- tons of places. All the places. Uh, I <laughs> I generally go by Broccolope, which is spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by... Nate underscore McKeever. And if you like what we do, uh, we would encourage you to rate, review the podcast if you can. Give us five stars Tell wherever your friends. you can. Tell your friends. Share the podcast. Let them know, hey, we just talked about God of War for a while, and if you want to hear about God of War... You could hear us talking about it. And we do also have a Patreon if you want to support us mm-hmm. that way. Just think of it like a tip jar if you want to throw some stuff in there. Um, and you'll get all kinds of fun well, goodies. You get like, like early access to uncut versions mm-hmm. of the podcast. There's a yep. video feed. Uh, we, <laughs> I think to be fair, we have struggled to, to really utilize it much more than that. Um, mm-hmm. But we are looking for At ways to sort of like use it well um Mm -hmm. so you know but there's some stuff like uh at at some point in time like and and as a as a patron too uh there's a there is a an exclusive channel in the discord um and so you do have sort of like unique opportunities to to interact with us and actually have a much more prominent voice in just sort of helping to shape the podcast from time to time um so there there is that if that's yeah. something that, yeah. you know. If that interests you, um, yes. there's that available as well. And if you want to support us, patreon.com slash the backlog breakdown. Uh, and then finally, we are a part of the Play Well Network. Yes. Which is a network of podcasts. That- well, the, the intent of the Play Well Network is to encourage people to be mindful of their time and to encourage good uh Recreation approach habits. recreation, yeah, in a more thoughtful manner. Yeah, that's to, for sure. Thoughtful, yeah, thoughtful, and uh, to basically, essentially, help people to play well. Um, mm-hmm. And play well network. It's your source for intentional entertainment. Oh, is that is that our tagline for that? That's that's the tagline on the website. Well, technically, it says you source for intentional entertainment, but yeah. Anyways, minor typo, no big deal. Uh, but yeah, so check out the, our, I was going to say sister podcasts, but they're all dudes. Um, so brother podcasts, I don't know. Check out all the podcasts. Check out our sweet bro podcast, bro. (laughs) Um, I love it. Love it, man. So yeah. So we have done our thing. Uh, we have sort of, we've talked this thing to death. So it got done. Mm -hmm. We've, we've. We've uh, all the dads, all the boys. We have ascended Jotunheim. We have spread mm. the ashes of this beast. Mm. We have mm. uncovered truths about um, not only this game but ourselves. Oh, you know, yeah. and as we sort of wrap this journey up, Josh, uh, and we have done all the things that we came here to do. What should they do, guys? Keep beating down your backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. The final word goes to Paul, uh, the techno-funk boy himself. Man, I went to a Baptist college, but even I've been stabbed by a magical stripper. Okay, Paul, 
Take care.